This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's got Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam is gone and Dean's got work. I'm Dean, the guy who hit you. Come back, bitch, Anger. This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, and we are back to finish season six. Yeah. Boy, this feels anticlimactic, doesn't it, Chris? It sure does. We're back to put season six to sleep. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a break from Supernatural and then go into season seven or something. I guess. Like mm-hmm, I don't. Mm-hmm. It's so weird because uh, a few months ago we finished season five, and you and I were. As we were watching the episode, I watched it two or three times on the lead up to this mm-hmm. recording about it. Uh, we were texting one another. We were that that season five finale is so, such a huge event in the supernatural universe, and it was so big and it was so important that like right. we were just gushing all over it. And like, I'll never listen to Torn the same way again. <laughs> we, we completely changed. We completely corrupted the song Torn for everybody. <laughs> um, it's just so it's it's. But season six is just not that. Like, I think from the very beginning, we knew that this was going to be different. And it just definitely is different. Like, we just have a different energy coming in to finish season six yeah. than I think we did season five. Which is which sucks, because last podcast, those two episodes were really, really good. They were really entertaining. And they, yeah. they felt like they were finally driving us forward. But, like, we're going to get into it. But this is just, like, they're they're tying up loose ends, but at, like, the wrong time. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like they're tying up loose ends that they've already tied up. They're double knotting all of these ends. Uh, before we let's 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 put that on the hold for a second and let's um let's thank all of our our people from Patreon, patreon.com slash monster of the week. Uh, our most recent contributor is David, so thank you very much, David. We appreciate thank you, David. Uh, you said that you were not going to hang out in the Discord. You would just ignore it, but you shouldn't do that because the Discord is a hip hop happening place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I just uh, posted a secret podcast art in there that I was going to keep secret forever, but I wanted to gift it to the world. You don't even get to see it now. <laughs> you don't even get to see it unless you're at the tier where we send you that digital art or if you're at the tier where we send you that physical art. Yes, Chris mm. is sending you actual physical goods in the mail. It's so I finally put them in the mail, everybody. So Yes, you're going to expect <laughs> something in your uh, almost said inbox, but that's not what you call it. Um, your mailbox. A mailbox. Soon. Yeah. Um. Do we have any other admin before we start talking about season six, these last two episodes? Uh, no, I think I think I'm ready to get into it. We got our comic book episode coming up soon. We finally reached that goal. Thank mm-hmm. you, everybody, for you, supporting us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can uh, we can continue to to cover fun stuff. Um, and I just want to say at the top of the podcast, if you just started listening to us, you haven't listened to the previous seasons for some reason. At the end of every season, uh, we do a feedback episode where we take your comments, your questions, your prompts, your thoughts, just everything that you can send to us, uh, and we read them on the air. We also usually bring in a guest, and we kind of discuss our feelings about the season as a whole with that guest. Um, So it's not just us reading your feedback or reading emails. It's actually being Chris doing some work. And, and, you know, these two episodes that you're listening to today that we're going to cover today are are how it ends but we usually like to take a little bit of a break from it and talk about it as a whole so that's what mm-hmm, it's going to be mm-hmm. on that um if you want to send in your letters to get read on the show that's monsteroftheweek.com nope <laughs> that's not the that's not the url it's, at all it isn't what it is <laughs> monsteroftheweek.cool slash contact and then uh, that will take you to the right place and uh we have that guest confirmed 
I don't want to say who it is just in case something happens, but he's a friend mm-hmm. of the show. I'm very excited about it. And I am I uh, can't wait. So Cool. <laughs> Chris I just I just want to reiterate, Jeremy. When we decided to get a website for this podcast, we had a lot of options at our disposal. Probably, I don't know if .com was available. I don't know if .net was available because we didn't really look. We saw .cool and that's what we went with. <laughs> no, that's we, just... Chris, that's a lie. Don't lie to the people. We looked a lot. .com was totally available. Uh, we also very much considered Monster of the Week .limo for a long time. That was the, that was the forerunner <laughs> before we picked .cool because they had just released all of these dumb uh, TLDs. So like we had .cool, we had .like all of the country names so we could do monster of the week dot io or whatever yeah i wish we had done monster of the week dot hunk or something i you know we we chris i don't know why you don't remember this have you blocked all we literally looked for dot hunk and we looked for various versions of dot hunk dot dot do dot bro like we were looking for stuff like that because we wanted our 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 url to be something interesting and unique so we settled on monster of the week dot cool but yeah there was we went through other options so Oh, what nerds. Okay. All right. Let's get into it. You want the road so far? Because I'll hit you with it. Uh, Hit me with that road so far, Chris. Yeah, it's a fucking mess is what it is. That's what the road so far has (laughs) been. Just as things are about to kick off with this angel war, we're seeing that Castiel has been uh, wheeling and dealing, working with Crowley, betraying his friends for the greater good. Basically, what Castiel is doing is kind of like what Sam was doing in season four. He's not drinking demon blood, but he's like drinking human souls, or he wants to anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's just other stuff. Eve, yeah, the mother sure. of all monsters, fucking cooked, dead. See you uh, later. Yeah, we Sam, she was going to be a big bad, but done. Yeah. Sam has a, uh, he got his soul back, just done. I'm not going to worry about it until now. Um, Dean fucking lost his wife, or girlfriend, whatever. It's just a whole, it's just a whole mess of stuff, and we're finally going to resolve some of it now, I guess, but it's just not very satisfying. So, uh, stay tuned, listener. Woo! Good job, Chris. That was, that was nice. I always, I was falling apart a little bit there, but I'm glad I got through it. <laughs> the uh, first episode we're going to cover is Let It Bleed, written by Sarah Gamble, directed by <clears throat> John F. Showalter, and it aired on May 20th, 2011. Dean's Worst Nightmare Comes True. A demon kidnaps Ben and Lisa to get to Dean. Sam and Dean are forced to join with an unlikely ally to free them. Which doesn't really sound very accurate, but whatever. We're no. not we're not here for accuracy anymore. Apparently, Mm-mm. we uh, sure aren't. I do want to note that this is, I think, this is the first time that we've had two episodes uh, air on the same night. This was like my copy of this that I have downloaded from however many years ago that still has like shitty pop-ups from the local news like there was a tornado <laughs> warning in the middle of this which is always weird <laughs> you're like oh shit oh wait this file is from you know 2011 i don't need to worry about this tornado uh but it was just an hour and a half long file like they weren't two separate files so they just even though we do have credits at the end of this it just picks up immediately afterwards with new credits and takes us into our carry on my wayward son montage it's interesting that this is it's been a while since we've had an episode where like the sam isn't really a part of this episode and I, I've complained before that they do that to him a lot, but this one he's just—he's just not in this episode. Um, <laughs> he is, but he doesn't do it. Doesn't do fucking anything. He doesn't and really then do anything interesting. Next though. episode, its majority is just about Sam um, doing shit that no, we don't know what he's doing. He's still doing nothing. So it's an interesting couple of episodes. But it seems like they did one heavy for for Dean, one heavy for uh, Sam, and uh, I just—I think the boys are best when they're together. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, and I—I want to say this, I guess, up front, because um, we—we've—we've. We're obviously like if you've listened to us so far, we're obviously not like 
super into the way that this this season ends. Uh, I think I think most people probably would agree with this. Chris, you said that this was your uh, least favorite season finale so far, and I think I would yeah absolutely agree with that. Like season one, that cliffhanger at the end, mm-hmm. amazing. Season two, amazing ending. Like you know, John dying, and then all of a sudden hell is loose or that gate is yeah. open. Yeah. Um. Season three was a little abrupt, but we forgave it. Season four, great. Season five made us cry. I'll probably mm-hmm. queuing up that tour music right now if I if I remember <laughs> to do it in the edit. Um, but this feels very unsatisfactory, and it's kind of it, it kind of makes me feel like they didn't have a clear idea with what they wanted to do with the right. season. Like they were starting a bunch of different stuff. They knew that they wanted to make it different from the previous five seasons. Like they wanted to have this show have a different tone so they tried a lot of stuff not all of it worked and at the end they were like oh shit we have to make this meaningful because it's the last two episodes and it doesn't really quite work work here yeah i think that they would be decent enough episodes on their own but when you put them in the context of this is the season finale come back next year um it's there's certainly a cliffhanger but it just doesn't it doesn't follow through if these these this was a mid-season thing I'd be like, okay, I mean, not my favorite episodes, but like, I'm excited to see what happens next. But this being the finale made it feel a little bit flatter than, Mm -hmm. than usual. Uh, and maybe that's got something to do with, you know, season five. We don't know the future of the show when we write this down. So let's just go for it and, and give us an ending. And season six, I don't know when they confirm season seven, but it's like, yeah, well, we got, you know, let's lead up to next year. Let's do the thing for next year. So, um, they didn't have to answer as many questions. They just needed to like get to the right place to kick off season seven. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. Each season before felt very contained, felt like it's like own arc, even when it was a cliffhanger. So yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I've heard that season seven, um, that like from the people that talk to us on our discord, like people are really waiting for us to get to the, the first few episodes of season seven. And I've, I've obviously watched those. It's been a few years. Um, it's, it may have been like since they first came out. So like it could be up to six years ago that I watched those. So I don't really have a, yeah. a clear memory of them, but I remember being a little bit more satisfied with season seven than I was with season six. So we'll see mm-hmm. how that holds out. Let's get into this episode though. Uh, yeah. So we start in uh, March 15th, 1937 in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. We see this dude typing away on a, on an old fashioned typewriter, probably new and modern in 1937, old fashioned to us. Uh, he hears something. He grabs his gun. He takes a drink of whiskey because, my yeah. God, Chris, <laughs> this show is just con- – everyone is constantly drinking all the fucking time. It's the only way we can prove that they're adults. <laughs> yeah. uh, but somebody bursts in the door. Uh, the writer uh, starts begging for his life. And then we see like that kind of classic supernatural off-screen kill where the camera goes somewhere else. And then we see blood splatter and we hear it but we don't see the de- the kill mm-hmm. and uh the blood splatters on a manuscript which is uh written by hp lovecraft that's right folks hp lovecraft is in supernatural the man himself the racist mm-hmm. man himself luckily they the don't get much screen, screen time so um yeah i think i knew it right away when i first watched it because there's I, I believe his his grave in providence rhode island just says i am providence on it um it's just a famous new england thing i guess if you're a horror nerd i don't know um, so setting it in Providence, Rhode Island was a, was a clear signal that this is, okay, we're going, we're going the, the Lovecraft route here, but, um, he, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh no. Oh, uh, 
But the boys were just in Rhode Island like a couple weeks ago, weren't they? In that random town that Sam killed all those people in. Yeah, yeah. The, the town that, I, I, I'm going to keep saying this, that, that Sam fucked and murdered his way through mm-hmm, <laughs> as mm-hmm. a soulless Sam. Um, but this doesn't have anything to do with that. This is, you know, this is going to be a part of our uh, opening portals and doors to purgatory. So I guess yeah. the idea being that H.P. Lovecraft was way into this actual supernatural shit, and that's what inspired a, a lot of his books. Um What's your just uh, just out of curiosity? What's your history with H.P. Lovecraft? Because even though I was like a horror nerd growing up, mm-hmm. I just totally skipped H.P. Lovecraft for some reason. I don't know what it was, but I never really got into it until uh, it was after Bloodborne was released, and of course, Bloodborne had like all of that H.P. Lovecraft yeah. stuff into it. And, uh, and this is going to sound really weird, but uh, my grandfather passed, and I was kind of stuck in the middle of nowhere. And all I had on my iPad to read was this one H.P. Uh, <laughs> Lovecraft book. It was the Insmith, uh, um, which the Shadow Over Insmith. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just remember, like, I'm in the middle of nowhere, Mississippi. Like, my internet sucks. I've got no nothing to watch. I can't watch my hunks. I have no no ability to watch my hunks. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just reading this like H.P. Lovecraft, and I just, for some reason it just sticks. I mean, probably because my grandfather was passing, mm-hmm. but yeah, it just sticks in my memory. Like, that's literally my only experience with that with that novel. <laughs> I don't have uh, <laughs> I don't have any real profound experiences with it. I remember picking up his like collected stories or something at Barnes and Noble when I was a junior in high school, and somebody had mentioned him, like a teacher or something had mentioned the name, and I thought that sounds like a cool name. And then I found his book, and I thought, oh, this is horror. I love horror. Okay, so I, I read some of his stories then. Obviously, it was very dense. I just liked reading uh, fantasy novels back then. I mean, I still do that. Nothing has changed. And uh, but I thought that his his stuff was really cool. Then I took a couple college courses where I ended up reading a lot more of his work and like digging into it that way. And then when Bloodborne came out, I was like, "This is so cool! This is like a Bloodborne video or a, a Lovecraft video game." And then I thought, "I don't like Lovecraft anymore. I'm tired of people talking about it." <laughs> so it's been a, it's been a weird, interesting ride. I think that was my thing. I think like once the internet became a thing and I started re- reading stuff like on the Boing Boing about the flying spaghetti monster and like everybody talked about Cthulhu all the time, I just, I just mm-hmm. automatically assumed that I was too cool for it without ever right. actually having experienced for sure. it. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> anyway, that was our little HP Lovecraft aside. You're welcome, everybody. Um, we go back to the present where uh, Sam and Dean are completely out of ideas about how to do anything. Like they're, they're just kind of stuck. And they're both pretty sad about Castiel. Um, yeah. They find out that uh, from Bobby, they're at Bobby's house. Bobby comes in and says that uh, somebody has broken into the house and stolen one of the journals. They're, they've been going through all of the old Campbell journals that we saw from a couple episodes ago. Um, and then Bobby says that they specifically stole this one from Moisha Campbell, which mm-hmm. seems like a really weird name. And he even says from the New York Campbells, which is a really yeah. fun joke for me. I don't know why. I just really like that. <laughs> Um, but of course he's Bobby Singer and, uh, he's a self-described paranoid bastard. Paranoid bastard. So he made a bunch of copies. Of what does he say? Stories. Hi, Bobby Singer, paranoid bastard. Nice yeah. to meet you. <laughs> Bobby continues to be the best, uh, NPC in this, in this video game. That yes. We play. Yes. Um, um now we have a very, a very funny scene and also a, a, one of the lamest lines of, the, of season six for me anyway. Okay. Um, is they, they start looking at this, this journal and they see a, like a Howard, whoever, Howard um, Phillips, mm-hmm. and it it dawns on Sam like, holy shit, this is Lovecraft we're looking at here, and him and Bobby get really excited, and uh, it's uh, we just saw the boys geek out a couple weeks ago with Samuel Colt's journal, so it's it's always funny to like see them act like that. But Dean doesn't know who Lovecraft is, and they're like, come on, dude, you don't know like Call of Cthulhu, whatever. He's naming all these things, uh, and Dean says, uh, I'm sorry, I was too busy having sex with women, and it's just for some reason I'm like, that's a fucking lame line, Dean. <laughs> 
that sucks. You're better than that. You're cooler than that. Stop. <laughs> I uh, I'm, I get so frustrated with the way they treat Dean sometimes because you have him doing stuff like this, which is like, oh, I'm too cool for, to read a horror book. But then you also have him like literally in the episode just two episodes ago saying stuff like we're going to Star Trek for this bitch. And like I would I don't need him to be a nerd and I don't need him to be a jock. I just want him to be consistent in one way yeah. or the other. And yeah. it's it's bizarre what he decides is nerd and what he decides is cool. And I just I don't like I don't think that the show writers really have a good handle on it yet. Like they're still no. trying to work that out for because he's gonna be eventually by the end of this season or by the you know, by the current season, he's just going to be a geek. Like he's just all into everything. Like he's going to be like just a, a really handsome hunky nerd is what he's going to be. And in ways that like Sam isn't. So it's, it's, it's really awful. And he says stuff like, Oh, I was too busy having sex with women. Like, no, you weren't number one. Yeah. No, no, you, yeah. Weren't. no, you fucking weren't. <laughs> um, this is also like, since we we're hanging out at Bobby's house a lot, I want to talk about this a little bit. They they specifically show us all of the windows where they've got the uh, anti angel like wards mm-hmm, up, mm-hmm. and it's a really weird like set dressing detail that they they just kind of show you that they never really talk about at all, and it's just it but it, because they're bright red, it just looks like they're like made out of blood, and I'm like yeah, who, yeah. who donated all this blood? This is like Who's, good who? five pints yeah. of blood that you That's used a lot to make of blood. these. <laughs> They were all like doing a lot of bleeding that weekend. <laughs> just, I'm just gonna turn on the cure and make my anti-angel sigils. Yeah. And Jesus <laughs> Christ, don't do that, people. By the way, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do it. Um. So we cut from Dean having sex with women, of course, to uh, Ben on his bed reading, reading a, like a all of Cthulhu, reading and not having sex with women because he's a nerd virgin according to Dean yeah. also he's like 12 so like you a know. 12 year old would you read your stupid books you 12 year old <laughs> it's like I haven't even got their puberty yet <laughs> I don't even like girls they have cooties <laughs> Yeah, and uh, he's he's hanging out reading this book while Lisa's uh, getting a beer for her new man, and uh, yeah, some people once again Lisa being unreasonably cool about everything, uh, totally unreasonably cool when like literally a pack of demons come in break her <laughs> break her new man's neck. So R.I.P. <laughs> Lisa's new man. Um, you know how like the salt report refers to uh, Jones' boyfriend as uh, just Jones' boy. <laughs> like, yeah, he doesn't have his own name. This was Lisa's boy, and now he's dead. So yeah, R.I.P. Uh, Short lived. And then kidnap her and Ben, uh, but Ben has the chance to uh, call Dean, and I really, really enjoy the scene between uh, Ben yeah. and Dean on this this telephone conversation. Ben is uh, desperate. He hears all this stuff going down. He's scared. Dean is, of course, powerless. He's trapped on Bobby mm-hmm. Singer's couch. Not trapped, but like, what is he going to do? Um, and asking Ben, like, what do they look like? Can you see their hands? Can you see their teeth? trying to identify what this problem is. And then finally telling Ben like, Hey, you got to jump out the window. Even if you break a limb, it's better than getting caught by whatever these things are. And I'm on my way. I will come get you. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really tense. Really, really. I think, I think probably one of the best scenes in these two episodes that we're going to cover. For today. sure. Except for the weird, like lame zoom in they do on Ben's face. Um, right. As the bad guys come in, they do a lot of weird zooms in these episodes <laughs> that do, I don't like. <laughs> they do a lot of weird camera work in this episode. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting. It reminds me of, of, um, the French mistake that episode where they talk about how you know they 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 missed the shot. They set up this elaborate thing where they jump through the window and they miss it. So okay, let's just do a freeze frame. It's like did they screw something up at some point and they're on such a tight schedule? Like fuck it, we'll just do a zoom shot. We'll just zoom in. Don't yeah. worry about it. Forget it. Season six. 
Yeah. <laughs> it really starts to feel like that, but it's okay. Um, because then a moment later, uh, somebody answers the phone that, that Ben has dropped, and it's Crowley. And it's he Crowley. declares, hey, Dean, your chocolate's been in my peanut butter for far too long. Excellent. Good, go- good job, Crowley. We love yeah. you for yeah. making these weird chocolate peanut butter references. <laughs> Um, basically Crowley is holding Lisa Ben, Lisa and I called her, they called them Lisa Ben. Like they're one character. They're basically the same character at this point. doesn't matter Mm -hmm. anything. Uh, Lisa and Ben hostage asking, um, the boys to basically stop their attempt to stop whatever him and Castiel are doing, uh, which is to open the store to purgatory. So basically having insurance of like, Hey, these people will be safe as long as you don't do anything dumb and stop my plans. Yeah. Uh, cause Crowley, who has been like, Hey guys, I'm the only person on planet earth who seems to think that like we should kill the fucking Winchesters. Um, there's <laughs> denim wrap nightmares. <laughs> denim wrap uh, nightmares, by the way, another good name for this podcast. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> um, but they, uh, Cassiel uh, won't let Crowley do, you know, kill his boy toys. So, uh, Crowley takes the next step and that's some insurance. Like you said, he, he's gotta, um, he's gotta cover their asses somehow. And that's, uh, taking Lisa and Ben. So at this point, Dean and Sam say, okay, well, we have to go save these people. Uh, Dean is not going to, to let this go. He has to, he's going to do whatever he can to save Lisa and Ben. Um, and they turn over the HP Lovecraft case to Bobby so that Bobby can go and try to figure out what's going on, what happened. We didn't really get into it on this, this Hunter journal, on this Hunter diary, but uh, Moisha had written down that there was like a dinner party where some mm-hmm. weird shit happened. So they, they're trying to figure out what happened on March 10th of 1937 or whatever, just a few days yes, before yes. HP Lovecraft died. Um, they summoned Balthazar because we can't have a fucking episode in season six without Balthazar showing up. And no. I... We're we're at the end, and uh, Chris, I and I'm, I'm I'm sorry to the Balthazar fans out there, I really am, but I do not see this dude's appeal. Like I kept waiting for him to get better. <laughs> He's just the same character. Do they, do people just like him because he has a funny accent? Like is that? I not think a, so. I that, think that's <laughs> what they like about him. Um, I liked him more towards the end because he's just a different character than he was before mm-hmm. where he seems a lot more like involved and a lot more good natured than he was before. But they they just they retconned his character. Um, they changed him and I don't, it is what it is, but yeah, he's just, been, they've been using him as a plot device here and there. Um, and I know he gets a, a, the occasional like funny line or whatever, but mm-hmm. he seems to be completely self-serving, which is fine. Like that's a good character trait. Um, he seems to not particularly care and he really only seems to be there to like push plot forward. Like yeah. he's not, he's not a relatively, int- he's not an interesting character to me. So I'm like, it's still like from the very beginning, I, I kind of hated this dude and all of his V necks. And I know I'm getting shit for my V neck <laughs> stance in my discord, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to waver guys. V necks are dumb. Don't wear them. Even under your I'm, clothes, Ian, I'm, list- I'm talking I'm wearing to you. a V neck sweater right now. Oh my God. I'll get off this fucking podcast. <laughs> I don't Have you ever seen a V neck sweater? They're very normal. I mean, no, I, but I'm not gonna. I just almost googled V neck sweater, but I don't even want to spoil my MacBook with that with that Google search. So I'm not even gonna bother with it. Um, they tell Balthazar uh, what they think Castiel's plan is. Uh, he already knows everything, or he at least he pretends to. And uh, when Dean sincerely asks him for help, like actually, like kind of begs this dude for help, he's like, "Okay." And and then he just jets like Balthazar just oh, disappears. Oh yeah, Balthazar, not cats. <laughs> yeah, different, different plot movie. Different angle. Angle. <laughs> um, Sorry, I was taking a selfie of my V neck. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I wonder why you got a little quiet there. I should have known. I you sent it to you. <laughs> oh God! 
It's a, a normal live, a live selfie coming in. It's a, a normal. Fine, that is a that's, fine V-neck. Look, I that's cannot. That's all I'm talking about, man. Hair. Like that's what is happening with your beard, by the way. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take this part out. Like it's getting it's getting righteous, man. It's yeah, it's getting a little bit all over the place. There, it's some parts sticking out. Um, it's it's a lot bigger than I thought it was. Looking at this picture, <laughs> did you? See I haven't this? shaved since uh, October. Did you see the picture that I put on Twitter? Where I was making fun of. Uh, I had that wizard shirt, and I was making fun of Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I haven't shaved. That was me. That's a month worth of not shaving. <laughs> like, and I feel like Pretty you did wild. this in like two days. <laughs> um. No, this I shaved for uh, Halloween because I was Harry Potter with <laughs> Jess. So <laughs> I shaved on Halloween or like two days before Halloween. I haven't. So um, that's like November, December, January, three months. Tremendous beard, Chris. Tremendous Thank beard. Thank you. Thank you. I've never had a beard this big before, though. So this is interesting. So Baffles are disappears. And we get uh, we get Bobby uh, trying to interview this um and this is a weird scene uh, for a couple of different reasons that we're going to get into, but he's basically interviewing this HP Lovecraft super fan slash collector. Um, And this is just a really weird move to move to me because like, you're the one including HP Lovecraft in your dumb, like horror fantasy shows. Why are you making fun of people that like really care about HP Lovecraft? Because the the joke here, like what makes this quote unquote funny is that this dude is a giant nerd who just geeks out on HP Lovecraft, which is fine. Like that's totally okay. What? I don't understand why they write him to literally be in his mother's basement. Like at the end of the scene, Bobby walks upstairs out of this basement where this guy lives. (laughs) Like this, it's like if it's like if he uh if they needed a witcher expert bobby went to interview me like why do you guys want to make fun of me for loving the witcher so much it's not it's not right you need the information that i have bro (laughs) like you're coming to me (laughs) you're Um, in my mom's basement okay (laughs) (laughs) he uh he also can like the the guy and they write him really douchey so he says like oh like he's the most modern he's a it's literature like dickens or dean Koontz. like he has some really yeah. weird dumb lines with that uh like dude read a dean Koontz novel in, t- in 2018 like what are you doing yeah yeah um but this dude collects private letters uh, and he has one but unfortunately uh castiel was there first interviewed this guy and of course this letter um after the fact has gone missing so castiel just robbing shit all over the place yeah, um, he's been he's been a real uh, sneaky boy, and you would think that he wouldn't have to Castiel wouldn't have to come in and pretend. Which I would love to see this Castiel coming in to pretend that he works for a rival paper why? or just a paper. Please, why don't we get this scene? That scene would be so much more so much better than this. Yeah, <laughs> I would. He'd love be this. fumbling or like trying to act like he's seen Dean act, and that would be a great. That would be they want to save this whole end arc is just like uh, Detective Castiel trying to like snoop around and, and <laughs> gather information. This episode of Supernatural, it would be so but great. Like, he could probably just like go into this guy's dreams and find out all the info and then steal what he needed like nope no sweat but instead he takes the you know um he, he hits the pavement puts his nose to the grindstone and gets that info the old-fashioned way by interviewing and then you know magically stealing it but still like it's 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 funny because um this is what he's learned how to do from dean and the fact that he's treating this as a as a case as a, as like a job that De- and going through it in the same way that Dean would, as opposed right. to just literally doing his usual thing, which is you know searching an entire town in point two seconds or whatever, or just teleporting around, is kind of interesting. Like it makes me think that 
and again, this is this is reading into it too much with Jeremy. Uh, the section <laughs> of the podcast where I just get real deep, but uh, it makes me think that he's got all of this guilt because of the things that he's having to do, like the, the lies that he's telling and the things that he's doing to to betray Dean. And so he's like unconsciously imitating him. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, he's I could, doing. I mean, this I feel homage. it feels like that makes sense. I could get behind that idea. Cool. Uh, the, the H.P. Lovecraft nerd basically says that there's some letters that were describing a uh, a dinner party on March 10th uh, with H.P. Lovecraft and six other black magic worshippers. Whoa! Which is like my Stevie Nicks groupie band, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that were their goal was to open a door to another dimension. And man, fucking Bobby's line right here is so great. Where he just literally goes, "Why would they do that?" It's so funny. <laughs> I forgot that we have Bobby interviewing an old man um, in this episode. Here in a bit, yeah, <laughs> which is which is better than Sam and Dean interviewing an old man because he's like, "Hey, buddy, I can relate." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that adjective too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so having gotten that information, uh, I want to say at this point, Bobby calls uh, H.P. Lovecraft an idiot at some point. Is that a thing? I'm sure happens? he fucking did. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, there was a kid present at this dinner party that was the son of uh, one of the one of the people that were there. One of the six black magic worshippers. Yeah, I've never heard that a black magic worshipper. Like that's a weird that's a weird read. Anyway, uh, this kid is obviously like old and ancient, and he's at a like a madhouse, like an insane asylum type thing because he's he he went all goofy from seeing whatever he saw. Uh, so yeah. Um, he goes to off to interview that and we flash back to Dean who's in full on torture mode. Chris, we yep. haven't seen this yep. in a long time. It was a season four. Hold, hold the phone. Everybody Dean's mm-hmm. just going buck wild on some demons, trying to find out where Lisa and Ben are being held. Uh, and Sam is like, Hey bro, how about you take a breather? And he's like, no, Sammy, leave me alone. You can't be here for this. I got to work off some steam. So Sam goes outside and just like kind of wistfully is like, praying to castiel it's his heart doesn't really seem like it's in it but he's like hey man like dean's pretty upset like if you're not in on this shit um if you didn't help kidnap lisa and ben then like can can you please come help us because because look at dean look at look at your friend in here look the way he's acting can you please can you please stop him uh i don't think he doesn't say any of that he just like sort of half-heartedly <laughs> prays and and then uh and nothing happens but then they do one of those little tricks where you know the camera turns and we see that castiel is actually standing there but he's invisible and he's hearing sam's prayer but he's not doing anything about it and i want to stress here that when we say that dean is killing people they show him in this room with like bodies stacked up on, yeah like, around like he has gone through a bunch of different people and he's torturing these demons trying to get information like he is in full on uh you know torture mode and it's it's mm-hmm. kind of scary and also it reminds us that they still haven't really got a good way to work around that whole demon possession thing because this is just another like 10 innocent people that Tina has yeah. killed i mean that like, uh the whole demon blood trash, thing but <laughs> wasn't so bad before huh yeah <laughs> like he's probably killed way less people bring that shit back than sam <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, after this, I think Castiel goes to Crowley to, to talk to him about like why he kidnapped Lisa and Ben. Um, mm-hmm. and as much as I like Crowley and Castiel in the same room together, like the, these two actors like bouncing off of each other are, is really fun and interesting. Yeah. All of the plot, uh, it, all of this stuff is just, 
I don't know. Like, it, this just seems like... It, for some reason, I don't like this when it happens, and I don't know why. Like, I can't... Maybe it's because Castiel is acting weird. Do, do you get a weird vibe on this scene, or is it just So, me? this is where Castiel comes in. He tries to be big dick swing and tell Crowley what he needs to do. And Crowley is like, no. And I don't know if it's a Crowley line or what here, but something about a... Uh, he's a foot soldier trying to become a king. Crowley is already the... the king of hell at this point he was the king of the crossroads before he wasn't lucifer but he was already in charge of a lot of shit and and he's been wheeling and dealing for a long time and he's been working his way up this whole time uh he opposed lucifer when all that stuff started popping off because that's not the future he wanted um so crowley has sort of established himself as somebody who, who can be at the head of a pack uh castiel for all it's worth all these people who have followed him and all he's done with sam and dean hasn't proven himself to be in the same league, I guess, and when it comes to to masterminding things or leading things, as Crowley has, um, and he he is a foot soldier trying to become king. This scene where Castiel started to demand things of Crowley is where I felt like Castiel was really in over his head, like he just couldn't keep up anymore. And because he couldn't keep up, he was acting with more and more desperation and making more and more mistakes because of that. It's like all of season six. Castiel has sort of known that what he's doing and, and working with Crowley, he knows all that's wrong, but he still is like, well, I, this is for the greater good. I still have a hold on things. I'm not in too deep yet. And here, he's so torn between his friends and his mission that he's just, he's really overstepping his bounds. He's tried to double down on the mission in order to help his friends on the back end of that. And it's just, it feels like it's starting to fall apart for him. And as much as I have some complaints about this, and as much as you're totally right, it feels really off. I think that that's why it feels off. That's why it feels off to me is that Castiel is they're trying to have him act a little bit tougher and a little bit more commanding, but it's not it's not working. And and I think that that is goes to show why he's he's going to fail. Hmm. Interesting. I like that read a lot. I, I, and I I totally agree with you. Like seeing Kaz fall apart in these two episodes is some of the most interesting thing about these two episodes and leading some of the most interesting things about the season six finale, especially the way that it ends up at the very end. Um, right after this scene, uh, Balthazar like summons Castiel and then, uh, there's this like kind of back and forth and Castiel basically lies to, to Balthazar, uh, even more, but we do learn here, uh, that his plan is to take in these souls, um, and there's a danger of that if that Castiel can't contain all of these souls that they find in purgatory, that he will explode and take a significant portion of creation with him. So even, even if he does all of this, excuse me, even if he does all of this, uh, successfully, even if all of the things that he's compromising himself for, which is to get these souls, even if all of the lies, everything works out so that he actually gets the souls, he could still in theory, completely fail at this and kill a bunch of people in the process yeah it could be pretty bad <laughs> which makes you makes you really wonder like it makes you like is it worth it castiel <laughs> like are you are you okay like is, are you sure it's the same I... it's the same thing that we had with i think i was texting this the same thing we had with sam season yes. four mm-hmm. you're drinking demon blood you're getting really strong you can do all these things but is it worth it dude like look look at you is it worth it um these these arcs and the so a person trying to gain power for what they think is a good reason, but is actually bad. Um, that is the same. And then the relationship and reaction to Dean is pretty much the same. Uh, it's interesting that it's a, it's a pretty specific parallel to season four. It's just with a different person. Yeah, this is, 
this is the more you talked about that, the more I, I, I related to that. Like this is Sam's journey in season four via Castiel and angels and souls. Like it's, the, it's a lot of the same thing. Like it's a, it's a good person being corrupted by a force and it's believing that all of the ends justify the means, um, which is something that Dean doesn't do unless family's involved. <laughs> like once yeah. family is involved, like all, all bets are off, but I'm just, I'm reminded about those like two kids that he saved, which somebody pointed out um, to us after it, uh, it, it had a lot. I, I don't, I can't believe we didn't pick up on this, but those two kids he saved in the previous episode um, had a lot of similarities to Sam and Dean being young kids, right? Like an older brother. And oh, of course. Brother. I just yeah, thought yeah. that that kind of goes without saying. Yeah. I didn't, I don't like, I just didn't even, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why it didn't occur to me, Chris. I'm so, I can be so off sometimes. I'd be like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> they just, they're just, that's what it is. Anytime there's two brothers, it's, it it's a comparison Sam to Sam and Dean. That's what it is. <laughs> um, so we go back to Bobby, who's interviewing the kid that we talked about before. Uh, he was now 90 years old. Uh, we, we find out that Castiel was there first, of course. Um, but this time, this old dude didn't really trust Castiel. There was something off about him. Uh, and uh, him and Bobby kind of bond just by, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Bobby being kind of an old dude himself. Um, yeah. This guy says that the door was opened and H.P. Lovecraft's dinner party, which I mean, it's a yeah, weird no, thing to have a dinner party about, but whatever. Um and something invisible came through and then took control of his mother. And uh, he could tell because she even smelled differently almost immediately. And then shortly afterwards, everybody that was at that party started dying. Uh, Bobby says, oh, man, I'm sorry that that happened to your mom. And this old dude is kind of surprised and says, like, nobody has ever once told me that. Like, that no one has ever once expressed that about my mom, which is the part of that story that probably breaks that dude's heart the most. And, uh, yeah, you know, it takes, it takes somebody losing somebody like that, I think, to appreciate and to have that kind of empathy. And so go, go, go Bobby. Yeah. I thought that that was like a, I liked that scene a lot. I liked that Bobby mm-hmm. said that a lot because we, we make fun of the boys a lot for like showing up at, um, you know, at wakes and funerals and just like asking questions of grieving parents. Um, but at the end of the day, like there's they're a couple nice boys, you know, they're good guys. Bobby's saying, Hey, I'm sorry about your mom. And it's just it's just a sentence, but it means something to somebody. And he took the time to say it, and I like that they made Bobby do that. Me too, very very good. I like the fact that um, even though he's chasing Castiel, like he's following in Castiel's footsteps right here, it was being an actual goddamn human that got him the information over Castiel, right. who presumably could have just read this dude's mind or something, but it doesn't. Uh, but we're not going to get into like all of the weird stuff that's involved with that. But I, I like the fact that he's got the edge on Castiel strictly because he's, he has empathy, which is something that Castiel hasn't has yeah. learned to an extent, but has largely abandoned, especially in these, these last, the back half of season six, especially. Yeah. The more, the more that he pursues this, this thing that he's chasing, the less human he becomes. Yeah. Um, so we go back to Dean who is torturing, uh, some demon and uh but he steps on the demon excuse me steps on the devil's trap uh and so the demon's able to get loose and starts fucking dean up when castiel shows it shows up is this the is this the part where castiel like grabs the demon smoke and shoves it back in the demon's mouth um i think that was a a different episode he probably does it here too who knows yeah uh, he says something to prevent the dude from leaving uh which is really really good like castiel is just a is is when he's not being like overly mopey he's a complete badass (laughs) yeah that's really good but the the thing that's important here is that he says he had no idea about lisa and ben like that he wasn't in on it but it doesn't matter because dean doesn't believe him at this point um and now castiel is turning it back on dean a little bit where where dean 
a few episodes ago was like, hey, we're family. I care about you as much as Sam or Bobby. So I'm just asking you to not do this thing that you're doing. Be- just because. We, you know, goes down this whole thing saying like, please do it for me. Just say no to what you're doing. Stop it. Castiel is like, no, I have, I have to continue on this path. Sorry, buddy. Um, and, and Castiel now turns that same thing back on Dean and says, like, can you please just listen to me now? Um, he says that Dean is his family. And I think he, like, some of his quote is like, I do what you ask. I come when you call. I am your friend. I've earned your trust. Um, but Dean isn't really having that. Um, this, again, he sounds like Dean a few episodes ago, but he also sounds like Sam. He also sounds like juiced up Sam, who's saying, like, Dean, can't you just trust me that I'm, I know what I'm doing here. I'm not a little kid. Um, somehow Dean is always the moral center of this show. Which is amazing. <laughs> and, and it's completely surprising on a regular basis. Uh, Castiel trying to turn this back on the Dean is, is interesting because it, when Dean did this, it didn't feel ex- exploitative at all. It mm-hmm. felt, or, am I saying that right? Exploitive? exploitative whatever you got it um it it felt like dean was genuinely asking him like please just take a break from this and let me and let's just talk right like you, you've trusted me in the past to guide you please do this and now that that castiel is doing it 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 feels like it i hate to use manipulation because i use that word so often when it comes to the way that these people deal with one another yeah. it very much feels like that it feels like oh i know you have these feelings for me i know you consider us family or whatever but i you know i'm going to i'm going to use that in order to try to get what i want which is and try to save you like i'm going to i am doing this for a good cause you should listen to me um but dean correctly points out that like hey if you're telling me that all I need to do is just stand by and let you do this, that's literally what Crowley told me to do to save Lisa and Ben. And that puts exactly. you at the same level that as Crowley for me, which is you were holding my family hostage from, from me, which is, which is a bad thing, which is pretty, like, pretty uncool, which is very uncool. Yeah. Cause you could just go get Lisa and Ben. <laughs> like that could be the thing that you do. Like here's Lisa and Ben. Now please chill and let me go do my thing. But instead, no, you're, you're like, Oh, I can't find them for some reason, even though I'm, a mostly all powerful angel. So, yeah. <laughs> um, we, we did. I don't think we actually addressed this at the end of the conversation between Bobby and the old dude. The old dude gave him a picture of uh, his mom. And Bobby, oh, yeah. has, Bobby has a moment of recognition. So the next scene is Bobby showing up at uh, this cabin in the woods where uh, his old friend who is the expert on dragons, Ellie or Eleanor is, is at, and um, he confronts her and says like, Oh Yeah. Uh, I know who you are. Like you were, you were some being for purgatory. You were there that night and you took over this dude's mom and you have maintained her since then. Like, so she is, you know, 800 years old or 900 years old or something like that. Um, yeah, no big deal. Bobby is, is pretty mad that she never mentioned that she was a monster from purgatory, even though that they were sleeping together for a good long time. Yeah. So like <laughs> never, never came up, I guess, like, you know, some people don't like to talk about their family, Chris, you know what I'm saying? It's true. It's true. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I like this a lot. It seems kind of weird that this chick is shoehorned in as a as a purgatory person. Yeah, I don't know why they're um. They just were like, "Hey, do we have any characters that we haven't like used in a while?" Because it seems like we killed all the other characters. Yeah, do so. we have any women in the show that we haven't killed so far? Oh, wait. we got to tie it back to One's something here. One, we, one we fridged, so we yeah. you know, So Dean has a reason to do stuff, and we have. Oh yeah, we have this one chick who's on the run. Yeah. Um, 
I like the fact that her whole thing in this though is like I really like Earth. Like I I like chilling here. Like I like having my stuff and and doing my thing. Like I'm having a really good time. I don't want the apocalypse to happen. I don't want Eve to take over anything. I don't want any of this stuff to happen. I just want to chill, which I think is cool. Yeah, uh, yeah I feel like uh, people just wanting to chill is generally the motivation of uh, big monsters uh, helping the boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I believe at this point we go back to Sam, who is just. Hanging out in Bobby's house, drinking, just doing a little drinking, Chris. Just, just doing a little bit of drinking because you know we haven't seen Sam drink in a while, so we <laughs> gotta, gotta remind everybody that gotta that remind he, everyone that he is over twenty one, that he is an alcoholic waiting to happen. You know, you'd think, and like this is kind of a like a hairy time in the Winchesters' lives, right? Like this, you would think that they would want to be on point. Like if I had, if I have to go give a presentation, like I'm not, I'm not doing shots before it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get through that completely sober. But you would think that they would be doing the same thing. But nope, drink to take the pain away. Uh, anyway, Balthazar shows up. <laughs> He's got a rough location of where the, uh, of where they're, where the demons are keeping Lisa and Ben. It's angel warded, so he can't get in, and he refuses to take them there because he feels like he is violating Castiel's trust. Uh, yeah, which is an interesting thing to like an interesting take for Balthazar, um, but it still doesn't necessarily make me like him very much. <laughs> so um, sorry. They yeah. So is this is this all just plots so that the boys have to drive there? <laughs> like yes, hundred percent. Yeah, I think they just wanted to show the Impala or something. Yeah, get a scene with the Impala again. Um, um oh, but he, he just, does. Okay, he does teleport them. He does teleport them. He does. I wrote that down. He teleports them to where Lisa and Ben are. God be with you and what have you. It's what, oh, okay. it's what I wrote so maybe down. Maybe I do convince him. Okay, I, I, I don't quite remember that. Um, uh, this is where they start using fucking like kung fu action sounds in the background. They just Sam and Dean just roll up on this place that this big warehouse is wet wet pipe factory where Lisa and Ben are being held, and I think Sam just gets like clobbered somewhere and he's just out out gig- this fucking giant human being is just out cold on the floor of a wet pipe factory while Dean punches his way through and we keep getting uh, shots of, of Lisa and Ben looking scared all tied up being like who's doing all that karate outside the door we don't know what's going on and then he, he, yeah they're using literal like comic book like cartoon sound effects out, out there and then and then Dean punches his way into the room and he's like what's up guys it's me Dean <laughs> <laughs> it's here uh I, I, I for as goofy as this is i kind of like it like i like yeah, dean, dean winchester as the unstoppable force or whatever is, yeah. is is really good for me I, I, I dig it even though it is it is kind of cheesy um mm-hmm. but he he gets in and manages to uh take out all of the demons and then cut lisa and ben out but lisa immediately grabs ben and uh holds a knife to his neck and we find out that she has been possessed by a demon and uh this is kind of dark uh, it's pretty dark. Like he, she, this demon starts saying some really heinous stuff to Ben about how he was a mistake. Uh, how um, at one point he says that you know Dean is his real dad, and then one, one other point's like your your mom doesn't even slept with so many dudes she doesn't even know who your real dad is. Like she's the demon is 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 being a, a real shitbag of a, he's, of yeah, a demon. He's not, there, there have been nicer demons. We'll put it that way. There have been, there have been nicer demons. Uh, it's just it's just it's not great <laughs> at all uh and then dean starts obviously trying to do an exorcism like he he manages to uh splash her with holy water uh so ben gets loose 
uh, and then he starts doing an exorcism with the idea of you good know, old fashioned exorcism. Yeah, yeah. I'm something gonna that he hasn't done us, whatever. I used to fucking have that memorized because that's the I kind of like, boy that. I am. Yeah, I um, believe. I that loved all. Supernatural, and I was 19, and I just had a, a whole lot of time, a to whole burn. lot of time on your hand. Uh, <laughs> he starts this exorcism because obviously he doesn't want to kill, you know, Lisa, especially in front of Ben. Uh, but before that can happen, this demon grabs a knife and stabs lisa in the stomach yeah uh yikes with a capital y yeah and like i just want to take a minute here poor ben <laughs> this poor dude, dude do you remember the first time we met ben little ben when he's wearing that jacket yeah. and he's like yeah. saving people from the weird uh you know insect mom or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. like this dude has gone through some shit in his life and he's he's not even he's not even gone through puberty yet he doesn't even he's like not, girls yeah. he's just or hasn't figured out who he likes at all like he's just he's just a dude and to see his mom stab herself while she's possessed by a demon is just got to be miserable. Like all he wants to do is play plants and zombies, man, and hang yeah. out with Dean. You know? Yep. Yep. <sighs> Pretty. Uh. Yeah. It's kind of a huge drag for this little boy. Poor Ben. I Good mean, thing they write him out. <laughs> he's gonna be carrying this around for a long time, right? Yeah. Hmm. Um. So. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a good old-fashioned exorcism. She stabs herself. Not great. Um. And this is exactly what Dean had been trying to avoid the entire time Um, from the get go. The reason he was so paranoid in episode one of season six is because he really wanted this life or he wanted to believe that he wanted this life. It was Sam's dying wish that Dean go and have a a happy life and get what he wants. And, and Dean, he went for it, but in the back of his head, he always knew something like this would happen. And this is exactly what happened. And that's really sad that Dean tried so hard for like a year to be normal. And he got to feel what it was like to be normal, and it's just all turned to ash. Yeah, this is this is not great. Um, and she's she's obviously like bleeding out in the back seat. They've Sam has woken up. <laughs> like they just yep. surprise Sam is back. Um, he's driving. Ben is freaking out. Dean's trying to you know staunch the blood or whatever. Um, they're they're trying to get as fast as, to the hospital as fast as they can. Um, it's. It's it's a pretty intense scene. Uh, yeah, I think Ben may- is like shooting demons with a shotgun <laughs> full of rock salt or something. It's an extreme way to spend a weekend. I'll tell you that much. Oh yeah, the whole the whole escape scene is really really intense. Where yeah, he literally gives the shotgun to Ben and Ben has to guard him while while Dean carries Lisa out. And luckily, they just randomly run by the cell that Sam is locked into. I forgot about all of that. All of that all together. Yeah, and yeah. Sam's like, okay, Ben, give me the gun. <laughs> uh, when they get to the hospital, um, like they get her situated. The next thing we see is obviously after she's been kind of taken care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, Cass, Cass shows up. That's right. Yeah, that's right. and like Dean is immediately like really mean and hostile to him. And I'm like, my dude, he can heal her. <laughs> like, yeah. why are you being so mean? And of course, which he does. she does. Yeah, yeah Castiel is, is is a nice dude. And they ask him, um, but Dean asks him to do one more thing before he leaves, and. Uh, we we skip a we skip a little ahead in time, and then we see Lisa and Ben. Uh, Lisa has woken up, and she's we gotta okay. we gotta say real quick before Lisa sure. and Ben pop up. Cass Cass heals her, and then he says, "I said I'm sorry, and I meant it." And Dean says, "Thank you." I wish that changed anything. And then Cassiel says, "I know, so do I." And I think that that's just. And then Cat. Oh, and then then Dean has his last request to to Castiel. Yes, yeah, and that's it. That's the last we see of Castiel here. And um, we're, we we end the episode with uh, Dean walking by this room and uh, 
Lisa and Ben are awake. Uh, Ben's telling her that she hit a that she was hit by a car. That they're both okay. Um, that there was an accident. They look up when Dean walks in, and neither one of them recognize Dean. And uh, you know, who are you? And Dean says, "I'm you know, I'm I'm the guy who hit you." Um, which the the line here, "I'm Dean Winchester. I'm the guy that hit you," is true in so many different ways. Very true. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and the fact that they, it's also a lie is, is just really like, I really love this line. I really love the way Jensen delivers it. This, this is one of my favorite lines in supernatural. Like I'm Dean, I'm the guy that hits you because it's, it's I mean, like metaphorically it works <laughs> like it just, yes. it just, it's so good to me, Chris. I love that. So it's much. a, it's a good line. They, they kind of nailed it. Um, if it's so he's, he's just so goddamn sad. Jensen looks so sad, but it's like the. I don't know. It just works really well. This is the redeeming moment of this episode is this exchange and, and sad, sad Dean, you know, the sad moments always, always get us. Um, because you, you, you imagine yeah. he, he does have a lot of emotions. He does have a lot of feelings for Lisa and Ben, regardless of how anything worked out, regardless of what happened in the meantime. Like, I don't know, Dean turning into a vampire and punching Ben into a wall. But he still has a lot of feelings for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so this, this idea that he asked Castiel to basically alter their memories, to take him out of, of, of their memories so that they don't have to go through this anymore is is extraordinarily sad. Like, so they don't have to live with this is it is, it's just, it's just bad. Like it's just, it's just not great because conceivably this was Dean's exit plan. Uh, we saw that at the very beginning of this season, how he was living this life, his apple pie life, as they like to call it and how it was kind of not working, but he still wanted it to work, even though he mm-hmm. desperately wanted to get back to the hunt. So the fact that that door is now permanently closed is, <clears throat> is very distressing and very sad. Yeah. Um, so there's this this heartfelt scene where Dean is just like way way more sad than these people know, and he just you know as he's leaving, he looks at Ben, he says, "Take care of your mom," and uh, like just trying so hard not to break down. And we know that Dean does not like crying; he does not like people seeing him cry. And um, when he goes out to the car with Sam, Sam is kind of disapproving of like, "Hey, maybe maybe don't change anybody's memory." That's sort of that's sort of fucked up, right, Dean? Um, even though I think that Sam would have done the same thing if the shoe was on the other foot. Um, and I think that Dean would have the same reaction if he was in Sam's position. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he tries to to talk to Dean about it, and Dean says, "If you ever bring up them again to me, I will break your nose." I'm not kidding, and that's it. That's how that ends. Yeah, and that works. Like it, they really. We, we, you talk about this a lot. You complain about this a lot, but like S- Sam doesn't really have a lot to do in this episode. <laughs> and the fact that like the one fight scene that we got, he was immediately, you know, um, put into a cage. And then on this whole thing, he doesn't even get consulted and doesn't even get to talk about it. Like just no. really hamster hamstringing Sam all together. Like this is really like Dean's thing, right? Like yeah. this is, this yeah. is all Dean all the time. Um, I, I also think that like, Dean would hate this if it was anybody else but Dean. Like Dean mm-hmm. would not like to would not want this to happen. Like this is not this is the opposite of team free will. This has a, r- a lot of real fucked up connotations about because it doesn't stop the monsters from remembering that he dated Leeson, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like presumably now they could just get kidnapped but not know the guy that's saving them. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it you know and of course like there's the whole non-consensual aspect of this and taking away people's memories and like how that would affect them long term or whether or not they would have weird ass dreams about getting kidnapped by demons or or whatever like there's some there's some weird shit that the show doesn't go into because I think that they just wanted to be done with Lisa and Ben. And this was a real easy narrative way to be like, okay, uh, we wiped their mind. And also 
nobody else remembers them. See you in season seven, everybody. Yeah. Well, Sam can't bring it up again because he doesn't want his nose to be broken. Yeah, he has that perfect face. He can't risk that. So he's got that beautifully sculpted giant face. <laughs> he can't have a bump in that nose, Chris. Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> it's not going to add character. He's going to lose know, him. A, he's going to lose him a comma on his paycheck for Supernatural. He's, he's not Owen Wilson. He needs his nose. <laughs> wow. 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 <laughs> um, the last scene of this episode, uh, we go back to Eleanor, the um, the lady who likes to kill dragons, aka the the monster from Purg- Purgatory, who um had turned down Bobby's offer for help and uh and refused to believe that Castiel would ever catch up with her. Which so she she's leaving to get in her to her vehicle, and Castiel shows up behind her. Grabs her and then disappears, and that's the end of the episode. Dun 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 dun. So like, I, I, I really like Lisa and Ben. Um, I feel like the show had to get rid of them somehow, and I'm glad. Yeah. That, like even with the fucked up like implications of this, at least they didn't kill Lisa off. You know what I'm saying? Like at least we have a character that's quote unquote True. survived. True. <laughs> like I'm glad that they I think they probably would have normally character. yeah, I think they would have normally just killed her, but they probably like were like, uh I think the fans are getting mad we keep killing women. <laughs> yeah, we can't keep doing that, y'all. Um but I mean they, this is totally stereotypical. Like they, they fridge this chick just just for Dean to do stuff. Uh I, I'm glad I'm glad they're gone just because it, it felt like unnecessary. And the more that they were there, the less sense it made for Dean to really do anything. Uh so I'm glad that they we have we have fixed it. I don't really particularly like the way that they did it, but I'm like at, at a certain point they could just leave for Europe and be like, "Hey, there's no demons in Europe. We live in <laughs> yeah. Paris now. Might as well. I am Lisa and Bean <laughs> or whatever." <laughs> um, but overall, this episode is good, and it we learned some stuff. Uh, I, but I don't know. I don't. I'm not particularly into it. Like I, I like the Bobby stuff. I guess. Uh, yeah, I like the Bobby stuff. I like the final scene with Dean. Uh, I get where they're going with this whole thing. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like a, well, it didn't totally feel like a waste. It, it felt like they were like, okay, we get it. Let's just, we're now tying a ribbon on this plot thread that was never going anywhere. And that was the Lisa Ben thing. I, I don't know what they wanted to do with it from the beginning because we get like a couple episodes at the beginning and then fucking nothing for the whole season. Every once in a while, Dean will get a phone call or something, and they're just like, oh, we gotta remember that they're there. He's got a soulless brother, and Crowley's trying to open Purgatory up. Like, go check on Lisa and Ben again. Uh, They just didn't, they didn't know how to do, that's sort of the whole season six problem, is they didn't know what to do with all these plot threads. They had a lot set up here, and they couldn't seem to manage it all. What if we had gotten a, like a little, like a little subplot thing going on where Lisa and Ben were suddenly noticing weird things going on around them, and they were investigating something, not like an investigation, but <laughs> they could have done things to tie them in more, where they maybe they added some sort of value, where Ben, through some weird circumstances, found some dumb thing that the boys go, oh shit, that connects the dots here, blah blah blah. I mean, that sounds really stupid when I say it, but there's just a million things that they could have done that they, they don't do, and they didn't do. Yeah, they didn't, like, for as much work as they, they tried to do, um... Like I'm reminded of that the montage that we get with uh, I want to say it was somewhere in the early part of season six where uh, or maybe it was the mid part with where they go to that town in, in uh, Rhode Island maybe 
and he's called back and he he leaves Lisa for what seems like the final time and he has that that memory of her where that montage plays and the only scenes they could put together was literally just her opening the door for him <laughs> like that that was the extent of their relationship was Dean showing up unexpected at various times like that was yeah. their relationship it wasn't them hanging out on the couch they never went on trips together they didn't go to any dinners there's just him showing like hey and she's shocked that he's at her doorstep yeah. and that that to me is that relationship like they had no idea what to what to do with these characters at all um they they very much were into the idea of Dean's apple pie life and him having to leave that and being uncomfortable with it and like the fallout from that, but actually dealing with these people like human beings with actual characters. I don't, I don't think they had really any clue. No. So, and I, I'm pretty sure at some point they probably thought like, Oh, we're not going to be able to get these people back for season seven anyway, or we don't want to do that or whatever. So like, let's figure out a way to get rid of these characters so that we don't have mm-hmm. to bother with it anymore. Cause mm-hmm. at a certain point, like I'm sure fans started asking questions of like, why isn't Ben or excuse me, why isn't Dean doing this with Lisa and Ben or, or what happened? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and at a certain point, like that that man pain meter, they need to bring it back up. They need to bring that up. back up. Absolutely. All right, the next episode we're going to cover is The Man Who Knew Too Much, written by Eric Kripke, directed by Robert Singer. What? Air date was May 20th, 2011. Um, In capital letters, executive producer Eric Kripke pens the season finale. Shun (laughs) done. Real excited about that. Uh, The wall comes down in Sam's head and all hell breaks loose. Dean and Bobby are, for once, at a total loss on how to help him and are forced to stand by and do nothing while Sam breaks. The battle for heaven comes to a head. Um, Fascinating. This is written by Eric Kripke. Yeah. uh, I... This... Excuse me. I have to edit out that (laughs) giant burp I just made. Wow. This episode does not work for me at all. The framing Same. device, the the narrative, all of the stuff that they do with it, uh, just is not. It just falls completely flat for me. All of the mm-hmm. Sam stuff seems kind of goofy and bad mm-hmm. in weird ways. Uh, but like, it's hard for me to believe that Eric Kripke wrote this. Yeah, uh, I'm still a Sam fan. That's nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. He's still my boy. But uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't like this episode. I think that's where I, I was excited at first. I was like, oh, he wasn't in the last episode. Let's watch this. And then when I remembered that it was all happening inside of his head, I, which was like a few minutes into the episode, I was like, oh, that's right. Like even before the reveal. I, and then I was kind of out of it, which is I didn't I, I hate to admit that. Mm-hmm. But I, I was just like, oh, OK, none of this matters because it's inside of his head. I like the idea of it. I like him having to through his own, I guess, force of will, piece himself back together. But it just, the the execution of it all just falls flat. So on on paper, in theory, I like it. Uh, In practice, I don't think it worked. Yeah, it's it's not great. Um, And I I don't know. I just, it's very goofy. Sam is acting, (laughs) um, he's acting, I guess like our, our vehicle of Sam is a very, different version of him than we've seen in a while it's like jared Pedalecki is acting like season one jared or mm-hmm. season one sam rather like he's he's and i get it he's a fractured soul he doesn't have all of them he has like just this like innocent confused part of himself that's left and the other parts of him aren't there the hell part and then like the hunter part aren't there so he's basically just a dude but when he's acting like this kind this dude who 
just plain, just a plain old man who I don't really remember anything, but he's in this like hulking body and he just looks like the character I'm used to. It's just, I don't know. There's something, he doesn't feel like Sam for most of the episode. Which I guess like maybe they did on purpose because this whole episode is about him, you know, basically literally and figuratively reabsorbing um, his memories and his Mm -hmm. personality from these like shards of Sam that were created when they put up this this wall. And uh, it's it's kind of a hackneyed plot to me. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've seen this a million times before, even if I can't think of a specific example, like off the top of my <laughs> head. But uh, like a character having to do like going through this kind of metaphorical journey in their own head while remembering stuff from the real world, and while we also kind of check in with real world plot stuff. Uh, it just it just feels kind of corny and contrived a little bit in a way that like nothing about a, a season finale has felt up to this point. And uh, right. While all of this is happening, uh, I'm just going to completely lose my train of thought. Oh, while While all of this is happening, um, like the, it it just, it it, it seems really weird (laughs) that they're going to do this now uh, because everything building up to this, literally you could have forgotten that he had a wall in his head to prevent all of this stuff from happening. Right. Like they haven't mentioned it in probably six or seven episodes. It was, it's real noticeable when the road so far kicks in and we get the carry on my wayward son montage and it's all about like evil Sam and Sam missing his soul and Sam getting his soul back and the creating the wall and all this other stuff. And I'm like, what was this last season? <laughs> like what? Yeah. What, what are we doing with all of this plot? Like we haven't really dealt with this at all. Like, why are you going back into it when we still have to deal with like this weird war for purgatory and this, this heaven war. And I think that that's really what knocks it down in me is like, by the time we get to this episode, it should feel good. Uh, I just wish all this Sam stuff had been dealt with way earlier. Like I wish we could have gone into like when this it happened, like when all of it was going down. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like the two things aren't really related. I don't feel like it serves the finale. Like we get one little twist at the end that where Sam shows up when he, we, we least expected him, but I don't feel like that's worth all of this stuff happening. What feels like way too late in the season. So what I think that they, they could have done is save this for season seven. This could have been their cliffhanger. We see, we're going to see in this episode how Sam, how the wall comes down in Sam's head. Mm-hmm. So if at the end of the episode, um, there's a lot of heated drama between uh, Dean and Castiel, and maybe Sam was knocked over the head again in a cage somewhere, and at the end you still get his surprise where he comes in and he sticks the angel blade in Cass and it doesn't do anything, and maybe Cass puts his hand on Sam's head and breaks the wall. And maybe that's how the, the season ends. And he's just showing like, hey, y'all going to bow before me. Look. And he, and he's, I, I know that even in his supercharged up form, Cass isn't really that malicious. Mm-hmm. But I could see that that would be like a holy fucking shit. He just, he just broke the, the wall in Sam's head because Sam stabbed him in the back. And that's how the season ends. Now Castiel is all powered up. He's the new god, essentially. And now we got a, a broken Sam. How the hell are we going to pick this back up in season seven? But instead, it's we, we take the plot thread that we kind of forgot about. Sam puts himself, Humpty Dumpty puts himself back together again. And then Castiel becomes God. And that's that's it. It's just two separate things, but they, I feel like they could have put them in together a little bit more. I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm just kind of riffing right now. Sure. I feel I feel like you're on you're on the right path though, because if uh if all of this Sam business, if all of the Humpty Dumpty business was season seven, episode one, and like coming back from a cliffhanger, and yeah. all, like we open with exactly the way we open this episode, which is Sam being chased by the cops or whatever, um I, I think that would have been more interesting than trying to jam it into here because 
as it stands, I, I, all I was concerned about leading into this was Castiel. Like, what is Castiel doing? Right. What what kind of sacrifices is he making? Is he going to be able to like control this power that he's getting into himself? Like, how is the stuff with Carly going to play out? How are they? If it does work, like, how are they going to take Castiel down? Can they take Castiel down? Like, is Dean capable of killing the love of his life, aka his brother or something? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> show has been very unclear with his relationship with these two boys. I just want to say that. Uh, but. I guess part of that is like they have to do something with Sam because Sam and Castiel have not been given an established relationship, really. If you think about it, there's there's very little and I don't think that they like wouldn't be friends in like the canon of it. It's just they've they've never taken too many steps to make it seem like Sam and Castiel know each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's always just them talking as a group or Dean and Castiel, which is fine. It makes sense. Castiel's the one who pulled Dean out of hell and was trying to lead him down the path to be Michael's vessel. And like, it makes sense that they have a specific relationship. Um, but like, how can you do this big dramatic reveal with three of them standing there facing Castiel when it would just be Castiel talking to Dean? Um, yeah. So I get that they would have Sam doing it like a B plot during this, but it, I don't know. I don't know. So and this is, I'm surprised through. to be saying this because I like Sam so much, but yeah. Yeah, you would think that you would think that a like a Sam centric episode would be would be right up your alley, but again, mm-hmm. it just feels so out of place that I and I don't necessarily think that it's bad uh, because as and we'll talk about it as we get into it. Yeah, it's not a terrible episode. It's just it just it just feels not a good totally, finale. Totally like a tonally away like a, like it's uh, bursting at the seams, right? Like almost mm-hmm. like it's like fighting each other for for time in the in, the, in this episode, right? Uh, so, like I mentioned, we we start. We open the episode with Sam running. They do some really cool camera work here with like the camera directly in his face, kind of shaky cam kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, he runs into a bar and he runs into uh, Sheriff Joe from Eureka, who is great. <laughs> she's, oh. <laughs> she's wonderful. I really like her. She's been on a bunch of she's been on a bunch of the stuff, but I really like her in Eureka. Um, she immediately is the coolest bartender in the world, and is like, "Oh yeah, you're you seem fine. You're freaky, but okay, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. You have you have long hair, but it's recently been cut, so I can tell you're kind of put together. Yeah, yeah. Can you smell nice? So like, I, I know you're not a complete asshole. Uh, <laughs> All he remember, all Sam remembers, is waking up on a park bench uh, with the cops hassling him, um, and he knows he has to do something important, but he can't remember what it is. And uh, he walks over to this bookshelf in a bar, which yeah, I mean, he literally does the thing from the Born Identity, where he <laughs> stands up and like he's sleeping on a park bench because these cops are hassling him, and he does like uh, martial arts on them and knocks them out. And he's like, "Oh, I don't know how I did that. Like, I don't know if they were purposely." referencing that for some reason i've seen the born identity a lot for some reason like 10 times you have told me you've seen the the born identity a lot like i feel like you've told me that more times than you've seen the movie i just yeah i don't know what it is my dad really liked that movie when i was younger when it first came out so i guess it must have just watched a lot with him i don't know but i've seen that movie a lot and uh while he's running from the cops before he runs into the bar uh we see in the background there's something called castle storage is that his dad's uh, storage facility yeah i think so. okay. it's a ca- castle on a hill with three dogs or that's whatever. that's what i was thinking i was wondering if that was a direct reference um, 32 and, dogs and, and that seems like a very eric kripke thing to to remember yeah. where nobody yeah. else on the staff has remembered that this thing exists <laughs> um he finds a hp lovecraft book on the shelf which is hilarious bars weird. have that jeremy because bars totally have like fully stocked libraries like that are you know whatever it doesn't matter um basically he starts remembering something he remembers something called the night owl uh hotel uh she kind of thinks that he might have been a hooker which is really funny for a couple of minutes (laughs) 
like is that what you were doing in this like load like rundown hotel uh and he insists like he's got to go and check this place out so she drives him over there uh and like again we have this scene where they're they're they're, they're driving over and lots of weird camera angles on this one like we get a lot of yeah. like tilting on the on the x-axis like just like it's to show us twisted. that something's not right i can tell you what's not right not. is this woman just got into a car with this man and doesn't know yeah. him doesn't know where they're going that's what's not right about this you don't need to do your um cabinet of dr caligari angles on me so that i can be <laughs> sense that something's wrong dial it down david lynch the guy in the rabbit mask <laughs> is what's telling me something weird is going on here okay um they finally get to this hotel and he remembers how to jimmy the lock which kind of freaks her out and when they go in he's got the full serial killer wall like he's yeah. got pictures red yarn he's got a box full of ids that are all in like rocker names like jimmy page and all this other stuff so she's starting to kind of freak out a little bit which girl you should have been running immediately like what are yeah. you do- i know you're a figment of, of sam's imagination but still you should have mm-hmm. more common sense than this it's like when you when it finally reveals oh it's all in sam's head that's the only time that any of this becomes acceptable because up until then i'm like i can't, I can't believe anybody would would tr- be doing this i don't care how hot he is you don't pull you don't do this stuff that's not yeah. safe it's not safe don't do this it's a bad plan uh he starts remembering uh something and he like collapses to the floor and then we get like a flashback to him and bobby and uh his brother dean dean thank you my god (laughs) (laughs) who was the other character in the show that i actually like uh we get our crew going to meet eleanor who was the uh the the monster from purgatory that was possessed she's in an alley somewhere uh dying she's been stabbed and she tells the boys that they needed uh to do this ritual castiel needed the blood of a virgin which is pretty easy to get because you know you just asked sam and you also needed the blood of a purgatory monster <laughs> sorry we all know he's not a virgin everybody I'm, he's I mean, had he's, sex with monsters he's had sex with monsters and that counts um i guess dean would still be the virgin right because didn't he say yeah. that he got his uh he got rehyminated <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, she needed. They needed the blood of a virgin and the blood of a purgatory monster, uh, or a purgatory native, which is weird because why would anybody ever be from purgatory? But whatever. Uh, Checks so, out. Yeah, <laughs> I thought she would go to purgatory for you know what? Never mind. Doesn't matter. Let's just get, let's get, <laughs> keep on moving. Supernatural. Uh, so they got a bunch of her blood. She dies, and she's not going to be on the show anymore. So R.I.P. that chick. Yeah, she um, was pretty cool. So, which is which is a, a bummer. Uh, Castiel shows up. And says that he's like super sorry about all of this, which like that doesn't seem like there's there's a million ways to get blood out of a person than just stabbing them in the chest and like holding a milk jug out. Like, just do a normal transfusion. Like, do you have to have all the blood right now? Yeah, sure. Even if you need to be aggressive about it, slash a tendon or something, go low. You know, you don't have to fucking kill him. Yeah, yeah. You could. This chick could still be alive. She might lose a leg, but I bet she'd still be alive. Like, why are you killing her? This doesn't make whatever. Uh. Obviously, nobody is really happy with Castiel at this point. Uh, he asked them again to please just go home and let him do his thing so he can stop Raphael. Of course, they refuse. Um, and he touches Sam's head and something happens. And that's where Sam remembers that he's uh, his name is Sam. And he tries to explain all this to this like increasingly bewildered bartender chick who should have left a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> It seems like with every moment that passes, she's in more and more and more dire uh, straits here. Yeah, yeah, and we and we know this is not not real. Again, like we we the audience kind of knows something is up. So like this because this feels so weird that she's she's going along with this. Um, 
they they go to leave and there's this weird scene where she's like trying to convince him to stay or to go see a doctor or whatever and he's like no no i gotta go find bobby i found his address in my little black book that i carry around with me because it's 1992 and i'm a swinger or something i don't know why you get a little (laughs) black book uh but he's he starts sensing something. His spider his spidey sense his Sammy sense starts tingling. Yes, yes, and uh, he looks over and he sees himself pointing a gun at him and the bartender, and he just has just enough time to jump out of the way before they the guys the other Sam starts shooting. Yeah, uh, just when we needed more Sam, more more Sams. Uh, at this point, we we flash back to what has to be the present, and uh, this is Dean sitting in this demon proof room, which I think we named a funny name, but I've already forgotten. So sorry about that. Did we name it something, something dumb? I, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure we did, but I don't know. Check but, out a uh, monster, the, monster the week. Cool slash wiki for all of the details <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> we need our own wiki. We need a wiki for the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We definitely need somebody to keep up with all of our bullshit. I agree. Um, <laughs> but Dean is there. Uh, and this is where we learn that Sam is, has been knocked out. He's, he's not responding. He's not conscious. And they've put him in this room because they have literally no other idea what to do. Um, they don't have any beds, so they need to put him on a stone slab in the basement. Yeah, there's no beds in all five stories of Bobby Singer's house. There's <laughs> 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 no other, no other place to put him. No other like place to take him. He's just been touched in the head, and now he has to go into this really shitty room and hang out. Uh, I this this is so contrived. Like trying to keep up with what Sam is remembering, what is the present timeline, and also Sam's dumb head bullshit is. It's mm-hmm. a lot to ask for a, a season finale. Like it was, it's just, it's just a lot for me right now. Are you feeling it's the de- same way? It's definitely a whole freaking lot. Um, because right when they get towards the end of this episode, where like the plot happens, even though I don't like the way that it ends necessarily, I like the direction it was going in, and that's what we should have just had the whole episode. It's Absolutely. not that I don't want to see more Sam. Y- y'all know I love Sam. I have to keep saying it, mm. but it's just this just doesn't seem to work, and it doesn't feel like what's important right now. Um, and it doesn't feel like the structure serves, serves the climax very well. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, The more, the more I think about splitting this episode out onto its own thing and having it take place after this as, um, as almost a punishment from Castiel for betraying Mm -hmm. him like that, that, that makes so much more sense to me me, and would have been so much more like it would be such so much more of a twist at the end of this right to go oh shit that's right that hell wall yeah. he broke it fuck and then like, yeah and then think yeah. about the the relationships between the three um where i even i was just saying sam and castiel have never had a very significant relationship but now they would have this sort of very negative relationship where castiel did this thing and then dean being torn between the fact that his his new friend castiel had did this thing to his brother sam and the the web of relationships and and feelings and angst that would come between them and then having them all try to work back towards a, a place of acceptance and apology and like friendship again mm-hmm. it could have it could have been very good i think and i i don't i think that there's there's a missed opportunity here uh to to just have all that stuff happen beforehand it's really uh it would also give him more time to deal with eleanor's death because mm-hmm. as it stands eleanor he was not a very significant character, but I still thought was kind of fun. Like I like having uh, some hit someone with history with Bobby. That's not the boys on the screen. 
I like the fact that she was a, a purgatory monster that just wanted to chill out and hang out and not really do yeah. anything bad. Like all that chick was doing was collecting swords that kill dragons. That's Fuck, pretty dude. That's that's what all I want to do. I, I, I want to be an immoral monster that collects swords that kill dragons. Like that's I'm, that's that sounds dope as hell. Uh, <laughs> but all we get like her whole thing, and this is like the tragedy of every single uh, woman character on Supernatural. She's picked up. She's picked up on screen by Castiel presumably stabbed by Castiel drained of blood and then dumped in an alleyway and Kaz just like hangs out and awaits for Bobby and Sam and Dean to show up. Like that is fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Like that is a crazy, (laughs) that is a thing that an angel should not be doing no matter what (laughs) kidnapping this woman, stabbing her in the stomach, putting her blood in a milk jug probably because that's what he knows. And then dumping her into an alleyway. Like that's ridiculous. Very ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I keep harping on it, but I thought about it. Like I was thinking like, Oh, they, they could, like we could have got some scenes where like she was you know trying to convince them that she wasn't a purgatory monster but then like thinking about the the chronological order of that just really just astounds me anyway uh (laughs) so we go yeah so we at this point they uh dean starts like shines a light into sam's eyes to see if he's still responding right and uh inside sam's head that light turns uh the the night today and he slams on the brakes and jumps out and is like what the fuck is going on and the chick is like oh yeah it was always this way and that's when he sees something in the woods and remembers that he has a trunk full of guns so yeah like so this this part is exciting in like a video game kind of way mm -hmm. uh if you imagine playing a video game where you are traveling to a location and suddenly uh daytime just springs up on you you have to pull over and then you realize there's 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 an enemy encounter nearby. You've got to deal with this. We think of it in those terms. Yeah, I can get I can get behind this of ammo sitting on, on some like waist high. Barricade. Yeah, you're like, oh shit, what's going on here? This is strange. Better pull over and check it out. I mean, the idea of Dean flashing the light in in Sam's eye and that having an effect on his uh, subconscious is cool. Yes. But again, honestly, what's selling or or what's stopping this from really selling to me is uh, the bartender. And, and nothing against the actress, but like the the believability is just isn't there for me even though i now know that this is inside sam's head but from the very beginning when i didn't realize that yet when the viewer doesn't realize that yet it didn't seem believable enough that anybody i I don't know i just have this idea in my head like nobody's trusting you (laughs) you are a psycho who is just running from the cops she's not gonna trust you and just her going on this this journey with him and even being like um starting to feel trepidatious and then sam be like no get back in the car there's somebody nearby and it just i don't know it just doesn't play it doesn't make sam look like a good guy really Mm -hmm. it doesn't make him look cool even though i like that they now have a a scene where he runs off into a forest where they're going to be filming things in not in like the same you know four sets locations that they go to he's in the woods and he's running around and they're doing some fun camera tricks um but again i feel like i should love the scene and i don't yeah, it um, it, it's just because it's like they they've they're obviously telling you that this is happening in Sam's head, but like even in Sam's head, it's ridiculous that this chick would be hanging out in his car after yeah. he went and got a, a a giant gun from his trunk full of guns, where she was already saying like I kind of want to leave, and he's like, no, get in the car. There's someone out here. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 so beyond the pale of unbelievable that like even in this imaginary fantasy world where he's going to get chased down by uh soulless sam who is the is the soulless sam that we're going to meet 
uh, or who is the Sam that we're about to meet. It's, it's, it's just, it's just bad. Like it doesn't feel great. I like this chase scene a lot. Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. the, uh, the being set in the woods is kind of a breath of fresh air after all of the relatively claustrophobic sets that, that supernatural uses. So just having like these open spaces is really good. And I, I, I dig that. Uh, and the, the back and forth, like there's some good lines when solo Sam meets, uh, head sam i guess we're gonna call him normal sam yeah. uh like you know oh my god am i am i really that gawky and things like that and mm-hmm. the explanation of you know i was i was running things for a while and i was doing really really well and i want to get back to it like that that kind of internal battle for control over over your body i think could be used to a greater effect but it, instead it just doesn't go very long because they're trying to get no. through so much stuff in this episode yeah. And they just keep they keep making Sam regular Sam seem weird, seem weak, like seem very just like oh, oh, what is, huh, what's happening to me? There's just so uh, like I just don't I don't I don't know I don't like it that much. Um, I I like when Sam is able to act a little bit more capable, especially like Sam is always good under pressure. That's kind of his thing. Um, but he doesn't always pull off the maverick moves like Dean does, but he, he can usually think on his feet and, and keep up with situations, keep his cool, figure something out. And he does do all of that here, but he looks so desperate. And, um, again, I know I get, he is, he, he is, it just doesn't work for me. Maybe, maybe it makes sense on paper, but it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Man, I hate, I hate, hate on supernatural, but I just, <laughs> I know, man, I know. It doesn't feel good. Hating, like I just, like, I just, cause I like it enough that I want it to be better. Like I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not hating. I don't, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. That's yeah. <laughs> what I am. Uh, I, I like, I like the, the I, that, that head Sam pulls, which is like yes. putting his jacket over a tree stump. Like, cause that's an old chestnut that I, I love. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm gonna fake you out. Guy that's in my own head. That's part of my psyche. <laughs> Yeah, like I like the idea of of Sam having to face down the different parts of himself and confront things in himself that he doesn't want, the things that he's rejecting, like namely like the soulless part of him, the that part of him that is willing to do anything to get the job done, to do these bad things that doesn't have a conscience, that doesn't care. There is a part of Sam, good Sam, that 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 is in. You know, he he is not our our good boy. Sam is not without flaw and is not without soul of sam you know that is still a part of him even though he usually has a better sense to to not kill and fuck his way through a rhode island town that is still part of him somewhere whether he was soulless when he did it or or not that is still part of him uh and i like the idea of him having to confront that having to defeat that side of himself but also accept it into himself i can overcome this i am not that person on like that's not who I am going to be, but it is part of me. He does the same thing with Hell Sam. I don't want to invite this in, but it is a part of my. This trauma is a part of my life, and I can't keep it out. Otherwise, I'll never recover from it. I'll never get over it. So let me take it in. Let me overcome it and take it in because this is what I have to do. I have to face myself in order to to proceed further and to to help my brother do what I need to do. So I like all of that on paper. I just I don't like the way that the episode goes. Well, and it's because all of that on paper sounds good. And if they had actually taken the time to explore all of those ideas, mm-hmm. but instead we get a confrontation with soulless Sam, um, you know, my bae from, from a yeah. long time ago. <laughs> uh, Hello darkness, my old friend. Um, but we, we get this showdown and, Hello, gigantic sh- darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Hello, gigantic darks, my old friend. Um, we get this showdown of what should be something big, like not to make the dumb Sam is huge. Uh, like this should be way more consequential than it is because 
presumably Sam remembers some stuff that he did. Like the only thing yeah. that we've seen that him, him remember is him killing those, those four or five dudes or t- attempting to kill those four or five dudes that were, uh, you know, webbed up by spider woman. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't remember all of the other heinous shit that he did. And like that there, I feel like there could be, there's room for more of that back. And yeah. Forth between it Sol feels and Sam like, and, but this seems so perfunctory. Like it just, it happens in a couple of minutes. It happens in the woods. It doesn't, like he just he just instantly shoots the guy in the back and then he dies and he absorbs all of these souls and like that's not, I know it's not souls plural but like it's, absorbs this part of his mm-hmm. psyche or what have you and it's, I, yeah I, I wanted this to be more like this should be way more consequential than it is it should it should have ramifications but like yeah. even though he says like oh I remember the stuff that I did Sam you should be freaking the fuck out right now mm-hmm. like you should you should be kind of a mess at this point because what he remembers is that this bartender chick isn't just some random bartender. It's a woman that uh, was, was being held hostage, hostage. Yeah. When, you know, by some weird ass looking monster, I don't even know. Like the, we, we, we haven't seen this monster before. It <laughs> makes me want to go hunt these monsters. Um, but he's, she's taken hostage. And instead of, you know, working to protect her, instead of saving the people, he just shoots her and then takes away this, this monster's leverage, which even the monster seems surprised at, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, we, we've seen Soulless Sam kill indiscriminately. And I feel like normal Sam, having remembered all of this stuff, would be a little bit more freaked out about it than he is. Yeah. And I think that they could have done so much with that. Um, a Sam coming back out of this, even if it was silently, being so ashamed of himself. Or before he was wringing his hands, being like, Dean, what, what did I do last year? I need to know. And maybe just a Sam who is so ashamed and so horrified by his own actions that he doesn't talk about it anymore. And it, and it starts to, sh- you know, he doesn't talk about it to Dean or he doesn't bring it up, but it starts to shape his actions. And um, it could have been something. It could have been Sam trying to deal with the responsibility for real of, of what he had done and, and really facing those consequences, um, even if they were just personal consequences. And seeing a different version uh, of Sam going forward, one who, I don't know, who just... Uh, either doesn't want to kill anymore or or whatever you know they could have done something more with this reality but they don't i they leave it and in favor of dealing with the let's go with the sam who remembers hell not the sam who remembers the hell that he did the hell that Mm -hmm. he created and which which again uh it it all goes back to just having time to explore these things because Mm -hmm. They, they don't and they don't because they're having to do all of this and it's at this point that you know he goes and confronts the bartender and she like says like oh you should turn back you know just don't do anything bad or whatever don't pursue this path and then she just kind of like fades out of existence yeah uh, but we go back to the real world and i think this is where i was thinking of uh when we were talking about the last episode where balthazar shows up to give them some information but that refuses to take them there yeah that's I, think right, I was getting that's right. i was i was getting confused so he knows where the ritual is going to take place um but he refuses to just take them there he's handing them the address because he feels like he's has betrayed his friend uh too much already and uh of course dean is mad about this but like what the fuck are you gonna do <laughs> like, right it's 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 an angel um and then we go back over to castell and crowley uh castell's carried around his uh purgatory cocktail which is a jar like a mason jar full of blood <laughs> like it's it's like yeah. a hipster bloody mary uh and just like kind of just basically carried it around and like not drinking it yet for some reason. Uh, and then Castiel, who apparently has been fed up with Crowley for quite some time, says that he is renegotiating the terms of their deal. And that instead of getting half the purgatory souls, he's going to get nothing. 
And in a very scary scene that's very reminiscent of Castiel's intro, where he, we first met him in season four, tells uh, Crowley that he has two choices. He either flee, he can either flee or die. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, Misha Collins, uh, it just kills it right now. Like, I, yeah. I love this so much. It's, it's a real spooky, scary line, and I'm, I'm into it. It's a spooky, scary line. I think that Misha's one of the, the saving graces of this episode. However, it again feels like Castiel is in over his head. And even though he is going to uh, get through this, it doesn't feel like he's going to. And it feels like it's the last act of a desperate man. Even though this was sort of his plan from the beginning, it's like he's making bigger and bigger leaps towards doing what he thinks needs to be done. Whereas before, he was a lot more conscious of things before. I know this is bad, but I got to do it. I got to win this war. I got to beat Raphael to. Um, sort of a a measured deliberate i have to complete this plan i have to follow through with this to a more of a frantic sort of lust for for the power to to be able to beat Raphael. Uh, he gets more and more frantic as as he gets closer to his goal and things start getting more and more fucked up and so then he just pulls the trigger on it and and to to great consequence yeah it's 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 something that i think that castiel would have done in the past but he would have he would have actually had a plan for this. He would have actually had some way to uh, neutralize Crowley as opposed to just telling him to leave, which seems like just leaving the biggest thread out there, right? Like it's just a giant yeah. loose end in the form of a like not all powerful demon, but it's a very powerful demon. Like what the fuck are you doing, Castiel? Yeah, uh, and you're and you're right. It's because he's so focused on the end goal. Like he's so focused on the ends that he's not he's barely even considering the means. Yeah, uh, this whole time he's been trying to to justify the means to get to to um get to the end but now he now he can't he can't think about it anymore he just has to do it he's too late he just has to do it so now we go back into sam's head Mm -hmm. uh sam has arrived in the his mental version of bobby's house um he's he's figured out because he keeps smelling old spice and whiskey and (laughs) it's been mentioned a couple of times before that uh that he's he's figured out that he was in bobby's house and he's smelling dean that dean was there with him and so he has the idea that if he gets to Bobby's house, he can find his quote unquote real body and, you know, do whatever and wake up. So, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. When he arrives at Bobby's house, he sees a figure kind of sitting in the dark um, with a what looks like a bottle of whiskey on one side and like a knife on the other. Uh, as we get closer, the it's a little bit, the figure is lit up a little bit and we see it's Sam. Uh, with a completely bloodied face looking like the worst that we've ever seen to Sam look. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, this is the Sam that remembers what he went through while he was in the cage with Michael and Lucifer. Yes. And um, this version of Sam says like, Hey, you, you can't handle this. You, you absolutely can't handle this. You, you have to stop this. You, you cannot let, you cannot do this or it will break you. And uh, Sam has a really good line here where he says, well, if you were actually me, then you know why I'm going to do it anyway. I yeah. think that's the line. I might, I might be, I might be paraphrasing. I think it's bit. something like that. Let me see if I wrote it down. Okay. Yeah. Solus or not Solus. Uh, Hell Sam says, uh, "Why is this so important to you?" And he, Sam says, "You know me. You know why. I'm not leaving my brother alone out there." Um, which is good. That's good, Sam. That's good, Sam. Trying to protect his, uh, protect his older brother the way that they always do. But I, I like that Sam is willing to accept the hell back into him because at the end of season five sam had done a whole lot of bad shit um he from in his own mind from everything from getting jess killed to starting the apocalypse and drinking demon blood and draining that nurse 
all of these really bad things that he did, siding with Ruby over Dean. Finding out all of his friends friends around him at school yeah. just <laughs> pretending to be at a whole other college that he doesn't have a degree for. Yeah. All of that he redeems when when he looks at Dean and he says, It's okay, I got him, and he jumps into the hole. And he jumps into hell with Lucifer to save the world and stop the apocalypse. When he when he makes that sacrifice, he he redeems himself for everything. In my mind, he redeems himself. That's that's a pretty major sacrifice. And then it gets pulled out and he gets let off scot free. He doesn't, you know, he first he doesn't have a soul, he doesn't have to feel anything, then he gets his soul back, but he doesn't have to remember anything. And not that I want a person to have to have trauma to justify any sort of redemption. Um, but in fiction, for this character arc, like he he, he was he got off scot-free, which is maybe that's reward enough. Maybe the fact that he was willing to make that sacrifice and jump into the cage is enough that Sam gets off the hook. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is Sam saying, like, it doesn't matter that I can't handle this because I have to. I have to accept everything. I have to accept what I have been through, what I have done. I have to take this step forward um, because at the end of the day, Sam and Dean, they have to protect each other. That they, That's what they, what, that's what keeps them going is each other. And um, Sam knows that in order for him to, to be Sam Winchester, he has to accept the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that's what he does here. Yeah, this is... The, the, this is good. Like again, I want more time with this. Uh, right. I want. I want more time with you know him figuring out and having to deal with what he like. This feels like it could be four episodes of of, of or yeah. like, it, maybe even at least two episodes where he's he's going through all of these different versions and like having flashbacks and maybe have this happen while while Dean is off looking for for Lisa and Ben. Sure. Maybe, yeah. Like, and he doesn't have his brother with him, so now it's Dean is alone trying to deal with all his shit. Mm-hmm. And and Sam is in his own head having to deal with that shit. It would have been a pretty dynamic uh, two part finale. Yeah, if you were going to split the boys up, like do it better than just oh Sam's been knocked out and put into a cage somewhere. <laughs> like again, yeah. um, but I, I want more time with this. Uh, I've really really like this idea, this concept a lot. But uh, I, I I very much want more time for, with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I, I'm not going to belabor the point because like you you just described it beautifully and you just described like exactly what I want out of this. Uh, and I think the way that you described it is probably better than it was in the episode. So good job. Yeah. It's better than I remember it. I think it's just that that's me sort of trying to fill in the blanks with what I want, mm-hmm. with what I want it to mean. <laughs> so, uh, at this point, the, the version of Sam that can, uh, that remembers all this stuff in hell finally just basically submits and hands him the knife and says, okay, if you got to do it, you got to do it. Uh, Sam stabs him, and uh does, goes through another like psyche absorption scene uh, mm-hmm. which is okay cgi i think like this 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 held yeah. up pretty well for what it is like for a cw show it's like, like absorbing like bottles it was it's it's a lot like that uh the um then we cut back to the present or the real world where mm-hmm. uh castiel has uh summoned balthazar but seems to be like have done so politely like just sent out a call on angel radio like didn't do any magic or anything but just asked balthazar to show up and uh tells balthazar that dean is on his way to the ritual location and uh that they know it's because they had someone in their ranks that betrayed him and that he wants balthazar to find who it is uh and of course balthazar is sweating this only to uh, be relieved when he says, oh, like, you know, do you want me to go find it? I can do that. Absolutely. No problem. And then Castiel teleports behind him, stabs him in the chest. Yeah. He, ba- he backstabs. Shadow all... step backstab for my World of Warcraft fans. Shadow step backstabs him directly in, in the back. And that's it for Balthazar, which yeah. 
So long. Don't right need you through anymore. His, right through his V-neck. Night right through his V-neck. Uh, the best thing that's ever happened to that V-neck, in my opinion. Um, sorry. I, I like Even on this episode, like he... I just still don't understand the point of, of Balthazar besides just like moving some plot around. Like it, that's yeah, that's what he's there yeah. for. Um, so he's dead. Uh, and I want to say when this happens, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this scene is here is pretty cool. So he kills Balthazar and we get like that angel explosion thing, which blows out a bunch of windows in this building. And as we see that from the outside of the building, the camera pans over and we see Dean and Bobby driving up in the Impala, which mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. is pretty dope. That's pretty cool. Yeah. They do some, they do some pretty wild shit with the Impala <laughs> pretty soon. Yeah. Like right here, they start hearing this noise cause they're getting out and they're trying to figure out like how they're going to get in. <clears throat> and they, they start hearing this weird noise, which for all the world, I mean, and I think they make the joke in the, in the show, but like it's that Jurassic Park scene, right, with the T Rex and the the, right. the ripples in the water. Uh, but instead of a of a demon T Rex, which Chris, sometimes that's got to happen, right? Uh, it's got. Hey, Wayward Sisters, bring us those demon T Rexes. Demon T Rexes, Wayward Sisters, where are you at? Uh, they see this storm approaching. Uh, this 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 giant fog of black smoke with like black tendrils coming out, and of course we we know that to be demons, and it's all of these. Almost all of these demon souls. All of the demons. <laughs> not to be a complete parody of myself. Uh, but it, <laughs> they try to jump in the Apollo and drive off, but they're not fast enough. In the, and they get literally knocked over. The Apollo gets flipped upside down, um, much like Will Smith's world and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, flipped upside down, and both of them are knocked out. Like they, they're, they're out of commission for a little while. Yes. Um, and that's a pretty dramatic move. I, I'll, I'll give them that. Anytime something crazy happens to the Impala, you know it's a big deal. Absolutely. You know Dean's going to be sweating it out in the front yard trying to fix that puppy up next season. Oh, that's definitely... Like, I'm already looking forward to those scenes, right? Like, <laughs> Dean, <laughs> Dean just shirtless in Bobby's, uh, in a, Bobby's yard just hammering on a, on a dent or yeah, something. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what he's going to be doing. Just, he's always just hammering on, on a dent or, like, tightening something under the hood that we can't see. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's either hammering or tightening. That's that's Dean's two two methods of fixing cards: hammering or tightening. Uh, he's just got a one oil smudge on his face, just to let you know that he's been doing it for a while. <laughs> just sweating it, man. Just all the it. things. It's got all the things. Uh, so at this point, we get into like the climax of this episode, which uh, unfortunately doesn't have any of our hunks in it, Chris. Uh, I. And I'm I'm kind of like Sam is obviously out of commission. He's just absorbed all of his other psyche personalities, uh, so he's he's kind of out of it. Yeah, Dean and, yeah. Dean and Bobby are both knocked out, so it's just Crowley and Kaz uh, about to Raphael, open that, I think, and, and Raphael. Yeah, so Castiel's about to open up this portal to purgatory and to do this ritual um, when Raphael and Crowley show up, and Crowley has betrayed Castiel to Raphael. And yeah, because uh, Castiel was like, I just, just earlier he decided that um, he was cutting Crowley out of the deal. Uh, yeah. He didn't want to give Crowley any souls. And Crowley is like, really, dude, even I don't go back on a deal like this. Um, OK. And then that's when, you know, Castiel says, you know, flee or die. And uh, Crowley flees. And sure enough, he went and just teamed up with Raphael because he's like, um, because really, it's the dude? most obvious play in the whole world. Like, yeah. really, Castiel, you didn't see this happening? And that's the thing, is, like, Castiel, who's trying to literally play God here and, and outsmart um, this this con artist, he, in the end, he, he screws himself over. He, he, he wins, but, like, by what means? You know, he, he just was in over his head. 
and he didn't see this coming. He just didn't expect Crowley to go and turn on him like that. Um, well, maybe maybe he did because he pulls some some pretty smooth moves here. Yeah. So uh, Crowley demands the blood. Um, it's also revealed here that because you mentioned like that Cassiel is trying to pretend to be God or trying to play God, and it's revealed that whoever is going to absorb these souls is going to be the new God. Raphael mm-hmm. says that. Um, and if Raphael says that if anybody's going to be that, it's it's going to be Raphael. Uh, so Crowley demands the blood, which there's this like kind of weird, awkward scene of of Castiel picking it up and like tossing it and then disappearing mm-hmm. immediately. And uh, Crowley also gets to d- to do the Fleer die line, like he twists that around, which is really fun. Um, and then we switch to Crowley and Raphael, who doesn't look like they she, she just drank a bunch of blood. So good for her. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, they're doing this spell, this ritual, and it doesn't work. Nothing happens. Uh, and right in the middle of them doing it, Bobby and Dean burst in and Dean like does a straight throw of that angel blade to try to get it into Raphael's, uh, heart and misses (laughs) Crowley catches it or whatever. The one time, like you you need to make a shot (laughs) and what happens? It's because he didn't have the double brother bluff. He didn't have the double brother bluff. You got to have another brother. Double 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 brother brother knife throw. Uh, you gotta have you gotta have two it takes two to tango chris yep. it takes two it takes two brothers to, to throw a knife um but so crowley immediately like just neutralizes these two like just you know knocks them off the stairs uh i, I mean i'm sure bobby he's got to be wounded the next day he's gonna be feeling that he's not a young he's not a young dude anymore getting knocked no. out some stairs is probably not gonna be great uh he was just in a car accident yeah, and they they go to finish the uh, the ritual, and it doesn't work. And then Castiel shows up, and he is reveals that he has switched the blood, which I also saw coming a mile away, and yeah. don't understand why they tried to make this into a big thing because obviously it happens. Uh, it's just a lot going on. Yeah, he absorbs all of the souls. Like we have this whole like routine. Uh, he lets Crowley leave. And then he just literally smites uh, Raphael. We, we see the exact same kind of effect that we saw at the end of season five with Castiel when Lucifer just explodes him. Yeah. Uh, that's what he does to Yeah, Raphael. he snaps his fingers and does the exact same thing. Yeah. Yep. Same exact thing. And Parallels. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, remember that thing that you like? <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is good. Like, I like this a whole lot. Like, yeah. This that, almost this, this part works. the rest of this episode for me. Yeah. Um it's I think it's it's Castile taking a bold step forward and I I like I like that it it kind of turns him dark side in a way because it's just it's a person going so far out of of their norm to to achieve something. I like that it has this detrimental effect on Castile. I mean, I don't know if you want to call it detri- detrimental because he's just supercharged now and has all this crazy power. Um but it's not it's not like Castiel to do this, and it makes sense that it's not like Castiel. He is the one character who they've done a really good job of, at least in the back half of season six, exploring his arc. Um or or giving it some time and we get to see the mounting stress and desperation that are causing Castiel to to do these things. And he feels totally alone, too. All of his friends have betrayed him. Dean don't, won't listen to him. Uh Balthazar just tried to kill him. Even Crowley, that shit didn't work out. Like Everything seems like it's stacking against Castiel and he feels totally alone. But now it's like, look, you were all wrong. I was right. I think he says something very similar. Um, and it, this does work. I think that this is a strong moment 
for for Castiel, and it's also kind of Castiel going dark side. Oh, it is. It's a hundred percent him going dark side. Like it feels like the the exact same thing happened. It's happening to him that happened to Sam, which is the moment that he absorbs all this power is the moment that that power absolutely corrupts him. And mm-hmm. uh, we we see this played out because Dean immediately starts begging him to give the power back to let it go, and says that you know we're family. If that means anything to you, like I would, I would do anything for you. If that means anything to you, you'll, you'll let this go because it will destroy you. And Cass says, I, I don't have any family. You're not my family. I don't have family. Yeah. Which is something that, uh, which is a change, right? Like, because I think before Castiel definitely considered them family. Like I think he absolutely considered Dean to be yeah. his family. And that change shows just like not that he had a lot of humanity to begin with, but it shows like how much this power is changing Castiel at a, at a fundamental basis. You want, you and, want that uh, sad Dean quote? Cause I wrote it down. Do it. Give it to me, man. I'm into it. He says, um, we were family once I would have died for you. So if that means anything to you, please, I've lost Lisa. I've lost Ben. Now I've lost Sam. Don't make me lose you too. And Castiel says, you're not my family, Dean. And that's when Sam stabs Cass right in the back with an angel blade. Um, but it doesn't do anything. Wait, Cass stabs Sam? Is that what you just Sorry, said? Sorry, Sam stabs... <laughs> you, <laughs> you just, 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 just short-circuited my fucking brain, man. I was like, oh, I can't speak. Uh, and then uh, Cass kills Sam, and that's how it is. No, uh, Sam stabs Cass with the angel blade, and it does nothing. Um, and... Sam's like, uh oh, I really stepped in it now, huh, guys? Um, Whoops. Because Castiel's not too happy about that. He pulls the thing out, he just looks at Sam, and then he uh, he declares himself to be their new god. And he says, uh, So you will bow down and profess your love unto me, your lord, or I shall destroy you. And then it's a slow zoom on everybody's faces. Yeah, and that is the end of season six and the end of this podcast. So we'll uh, never be back again. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> He he does explain that the angel blade doesn't work because it kills angels and he's now God. So he doesn't. Yeah. That's, that's the reason that didn't work. Uh, also, if you're curious out there at some point and during the episode, Dean like literally left the address of the ritual in Sam's like unconscious body's <laughs> yes. hand. Yes. So that's how, that's how Sam knows where he's going, how he got there is, you know, whatever. We're not, we're not going to explore that at all. But, um, so Castiel is God, uh, he seems like he's kind of going to be vindictive. I think he explains at some point that like there's a lot of Raphael's followers that he's got to go out there and smite. Um, he's leaving the demon. He, he talks about Crowley and he's leaving the demon to, for later because he has he has plans for Crowley. So that, that's got to play out in some way. Uh, but he's refusing to have any of these relationships that, that he had in the past. Like those those relationships don't mean anything to him anymore. His relationship with Dean. I, uh, I, Misha Collins like pulls this off. Like I think on, on the strength of his, of his acting is the reason that the scene works a lot uh, because it's so creepy and it's so scary. Like he feels powerful in this moment. Yeah. And it's that, it's yeah. that like dread all powerful. Like I am literally looking onto a guy that could, that could smite me in a moment and I am, I'm literally an insect in this person's eyes and that's terrifying and it works. It really, really works. I just, man, I just like, this is such a shitty uh, <laughs> cliffhanger. Like mm-hmm. I feel like, they they because they my problem here is like in season five uh things will resolve somebody wrote in and said like uh it was remarkable how like if they if they had actually ended the show at season five like people talk about like how many like how much how many loose ends they had closed right like they had they had basically Mm -hmm. taken care of everything that they wanted to take care of they still haven't dealt with 
uh, Sam's weird soulless activity. He's, you know, we haven't dealt with really anything with Sam like at all. He just, that's just like kind of a, a leftover thing. Uh, yeah. Castiel's quest for power has now been accomplished for a devastating price, but we don't actually deal with any of the, any of that. Cause we're going to wait till season seven. And Dean is basically in the same place that he was when we started the season, uh, which is confused about what he should do. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like he's torn uh, for, he's very torn for all of his, you know, all of the growth that I thought we were getting from, from Dean, it, it feels like he's just been kind of treading water in the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Season six doesn't follow through as much on, on character growth as the other seasons do. Uh, I think Sam, Sam and Dean, they really do grow a lot. When you look at the Dean after John Winchester died and the Dean before John Winchester died, um, and then, you know, Dean before and after hell, like there, there are strong, um, differences and he's still the same old Dean because people don't change that much. Um, but there are, are noticeable differences in his character and the way that he was written. And then some of that gets just kind of thrown out in, in season six. And the same thing with Sam. Um, Sam really matures a lot over the course of the five seasons. He goes down his dark side arc and he comes back from that pretty strong in season five um, and, and grows up and he learns to trust in Dean and, and Dean learns to trust him. And they have this great situation going on where they, they really worked for it. It all made sense. And then season six, that gets thrown out too, where it's just back to, um, well, Sam's the emotional one. We'll do that. Uh, Dean's the flippant Han Solo type. So we'll have him do that. And it's just, they go back and forth on these things and they don't really stick to our characters consistently when they do do it and they, Mm -hmm. and they stick the landing. It feels really good. That's why there's so many great episodes of season six. Um, but a lot of the times they don't, they just, it seems like the writing is sort of all over the place. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and it's a disappointment, right? Because up until this point, uh, our season finales have been events. They've yeah. been with the exception of maybe season three, which felt rushed only because that, you know, everything got shut down. It's, it's so fast. It's, it's felt significant. And also in a way that, uh, maybe close the loop on some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, I think about season one, the boys reuniting with their dad and thinking like how excited I was like, Oh yeah, now they're on this quest together. And then bam, you get a cliffhanger that opens new stuff. It doesn't carry on over old stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I think that's, that's going to be my major problem with this, with this season finale here is that just nothing feels like it's done. Like it just feels like, Oh yeah, we, we just stopped writing for a little while. Like we're going to pick this up a little bit later. Like it doesn't feel like a, a finale. It doesn't feel like an event. It just feels like another episode, um, which is my own expectation. I realize like not every episode can be a, a grand event. Sure. Not every finale can be like the most brilliantly written thing. I just, that's what I expect. Um, and that's, I remember watching this um, when this was airing and thinking, Oh, there's another episode after this. <laughs> like they're going to do, there's mm-hmm. going to be one more episode after this. Like there's gotta be, uh, I don't remember if game of Thrones had come out at this point or started coming out. But uh, the thing that game of Thrones did, especially in the first few seasons where they would have their big climatic kind of season finale. And then they would do an episode afterwards to have yeah. like kind of a epilogue. I feel like, like that is what I wanted from this. I wanted, I wanted to find out what like the events after all of this, like I need another episode is what I'm saying. I need, I need another episode before you go to season seven. One of my favorite things in, in a show I really like, um, or a book I really like, whatever it is, something on the things I really care about stories. I really like, and supernatural, especially I like the fallout conversations afterwards. I like when now we got to go back to Bobby's and we have to talk about this and, and do deal with the epilogue of it. What are we going to do next? I, I like hearing the characters talk about the situations that they're in. And just and not necessarily be moving the action forward, but sort of 
ruminating on on where they have just been and that's what like you say game of thrones does that it's still setting up for next season but but they're dealing with the fallout of the major event uh and then they'll lead you on from there and i would have liked to see that where they all go back and and deal with it but um that's not what we get here and i will say the only the only character that seems like they got the the real development was castiel in this season um Mm -hmm. they they took a lot of effort to to carry his character arc consistently from point a to point b uh even though he's off camera for so much of the first half i still believe it like he's so busy that he's fighting an angel war and he's always frustrated with the boys for calling on him for all this shit you know they do a fairly decent job of tying castiel's shit together so i can give them that at least yeah uh, castiel's arc is is good here um I, i like that they made him into a villain because um up to this point they were making him into or not necessarily a villain, but they made him into an antagonist. Let me say that. Sure, uh, sure. They were, because over the course of season four and season five, they were humanizing him. And then to restore him to his full angelic power at the end of season five, and to make him sort of this like manipulator from the beginning of season six that you weren't really aware of. Like we got some mm-hmm. hints about this, like way early, the, you know, the God, not the God, but the, the death, the dude, uh, was was telling dean like it's all about the souls you have to track the souls or whatever um it's like it's it's good like him finally coming to this point and like achieving his goal at the cost at this at this cost i think is is really good writing i think it's 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 an interesting direction for this character i'm really excited to get into season seven because i I remember how some a lot of the stuff plays out i'm real fucking excited for it like yeah yeah it's 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 real fun um i Man, I just, I just, I hate to be this negative on a on a season finale, especially when the previous episode of this podcast, I was like, "All right, season yeah. six. <laughs> like, I was, I was excited. We so it's, it's a it. weird moment to get to get pulled back into this, and I don't, I don't like to end on negative notes at all. Just, um, and I, the show was just so totally different throughout this season. Remember at the beginning when they were like almost building on mystery, and they were, yeah, they just seemed like there was so much, and they. There was so much potential, and I think I said this back then, there's a lot of potential in season six, and they don't nail it. And I appreciate all the things that they tried to do. It's like they, they had a game plan of, like, we're going to web out, and we're going to cover all these different stories, and we're going to bring them, wrap them all back in right at the end. And then they decided halfway through to just switch back to formulaic Supernatural, um, which I love formulaic Supernatural, but like mm-hmm. there was these two disparate parts that they tried to form into one cohesive story, and it, it did, they just didn't nail it. And I don't like I don't like being just a full on hater, so I do I do really appreciate that they were trying new things. I just don't think that they nailed it. Same, and uh, again, I, I think the the conversation you and I had about this episode specifically and how it was dramatically rushed. I think splitting out the Sam stuff, do, dealing with the Sam stuff either earlier or later, which whatever you want to do, uh, and having this more tightly focused on on just Castiel's ascension at this point uh, would mm-hmm. would have addressed a lot of my issues and give it a little bit more room to breathe and to develop than, than we had because it really does feel rushed and that's a funny thing to say for a, a season that's been 22 episodes long right <laughs> like that's that's kind of crazy and maybe that's the reason why they they switched to 23 like they switched to 23 next year i believe in season seven that's when they start they, they take us all the way yeah, up so yeah. uh i don't know like I, like i said i don't, I don't really want to be negative too i don't it's it's difficult like this seems uh more dramatic than it is 
uh, personally because like we had such a good time with the finale of season five. Like it was such a high point in this and such a great moment for the season and for like being mm-hmm. a supernatural fan that uh, you can't help but want that same like I want that same hit like right I want to feel that way again right. and and this isn't that at all and the fact that it's close but they just they just didn't make it happen is is almost as disappointing as it's almost worse at that point. Like, yeah, I, yeah. If it was, if it was just terrible, if it was just excruciatingly bad, I'd be like, Oh, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. But the fact that they get close enough so that I'm like, Oh, I can see the potential. Like it's, <laughs> it's almost, it's, it's more frustrating. Yeah. I totally get that. I mean, all in all, I think, I mean, we'll come back. I think it'll be good to take a week off from watching season six to think about season six. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like we always end up being pretty positive, but also I feel like the first five seasons are fucking gold star seasons so um there's a there's a reason why like it's a it's a common thing about supernatural is that you know oh you've watched the first five seasons and you can forget anything that happens and for as unfair as that is to a lot of the episodes that came later like you know we, we still have a bunch of characters we haven't met that i'm, I'm really excited about like season yeah. six had some really fucking great episodes that i was i was so hyped up on uh like it's unfair but there's a reason that people say that and it's because like yeah. the quality is so consistently good and there's a major tonal shift from season six onward everything's different um, there's a lot more focus on Castiel and angels and less on the Americana, uh, monster hunting, uh, brother angst. Um, and those are really the two big things that like, it was that family drama of John, Sam, Dean, even Mary, like there was always that, that stuff that they dealt with and the show shifts away from that. You can't do that forever. You can't do that for 13 seasons. Um, but I think it, it, that's season six is the turning point of the show. You have like part one supernatural, which is seasons one through five and part two, which is, I don't know however long the next arc is. Mm -hmm. Um, from what I hear, people seem to really think that the show picks up like again around season 11. I think that's when everyone is like, the show is just like amazing now again. Uh, and we get some pretty good stuff in between from what I remember, but, uh, yeah, season six. Okay. But it's not season one through five. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's, you know, it's, it's a harsh, it's a harsh thing to judge it on. Right. Like I, mm-hmm. it's probably like being, um, like the younger brother to like a valid Victorian. Yeah. Like you're, you're, yeah. you're pulling a straight 3.7 and your parents are like, uh, your brother, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what's that 4.0? Um, so I, I, like, I'm still I glad that we got, we get this stuff. Right. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. This is still a really fun show. Uh, it's still, you know, I still like watching these brothers do stuff. I, I, I can't help but be a little bit disappointed in this episode, but at the same time, holy shit, Castiel is God. Like how, how is that going to affect this world? I really want to see what happens. Like you talked about the fallout. I really, really, really want to see like what's going to happen next with this. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. Uh, yeah. Uh, you mentioned taking the week off. So uh, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, next week we'll not be covering an episode of Supernatural. We're going to have a guest on. Uh, we're going to talk about our overall feeling. Ugh, can't talk today our overall feelings of supernatural season six um, have a little time to marinate in those season six uses so we can kind of come back <laughs> and and discuss them a little bit more in detail uh, we're also going to be answering questions we're going to be reading your feedback and comments and prompts just go ahead and send those in now monster the cool slash contact i'm being a little bit cagey on uh who the guest is uh because just in case something happens, I don't like to put it out there. So uh, we'll we'll have that announcement coming up uh, probably this weekend. You'll have till uh, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, which is Thursday, you'll have the weekend to write in. We usually record on Monday afternoons, so mm-hmm. uh, write in as soon as possible. Yeah, send us your send us your words. And if you miss the deadline, it's okay because we'll just read it next season. 
That's true. Yeah, I I I keep saving them. Uh, someone wrote in some feedback for season nine, so I have some season nine feedback started <laughs> now. So I will I will definitely save stuff. Don't worry about it. Uh, uh, Chris, where are you at on Twitter? I am at local bones on Twitter. I'm at JG Greer. The podcast is at MOTWcast, also monsteroftheweek.cool. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us through season six. We really appreciate it. It's been, um, I've been having a lot of fun with it. Like, I think it's, I think it's a really good time, even if there, there were some high highs and some low lows. I think I still had a, an overall good time yeah, during season six. Same. Same. It was a good time. It's supernatural, and we fucking love supernaturals. So. Yeah, 100%. Love these hunks. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks, starting season seven, so we're excited for that. It's always fun getting into a new season, see how things are going to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for iTunes reviews. Thank you for our patrons at patreon.com slash monster of the week. And thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Chris, where are you? Hello? Hey. Oh, you couldn't hear me before? I could not. Hmm. I was in here too long gaming it up. I oh, understand. understand. I'm about, I just clicked on this link. Yeah, don't watch it. It's just a really bad video. Because it's, it's like, it's so close to being almost like professional mm. in the way that it's put together. But it just, that makes it so much, so much more awful. Because this person is. Oh, top 10 reasons why we love gaming. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's very it's very uh morning radio of you number 10 portability. <laughs> forget gaming at home now you can game on the go gamers i want uh i want this entire thing i have it i have it muted so i don't i don't know what's actually happening in it but i want this entire thing to be narrated from uh by uh mick kroll uh, Parks and Rec character. I think it was like DJ mm-hmm. the douche or whatever. Yeah, the douche. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I would like that, please. All right, I'm closing that video. No more gaming. I, really, I gotta find a new shtick. I've been doing that too much this week. Number nine is just conventions. Yeah, it's <laughs> conventions, and it just, just shows some awful dude in a Nathan Drake cosplay. This is this is terrible. Like, why? And the guy like stumbled when he was talking about we get excited about our blockbuster and we're two blockbusters. Like what? <laughs> what you what couldn't edit that about? one, dude? <laughs> you do you want to do a second take on that one, buddy? I get it, man. Being being a a, a young buck on YouTube is not easy. You gotta you gotta pump out that content. You gotta you gotta feed the rhythm. The algorithm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, at a certain point, it's not about the art anymore. It's about the it's about the <laughs> algorithm. Number eight, the classics. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
The classics. Hey, he just said something about the Kanto region or something, and it just bums me out. I um, I don't want to bum anybody out. I know we got some big fans who listen to this, but I really don't like Pokemon anymore. Really don't. Help me out. Did you did you ever like Pokemon? Loved it. I was like seven when it when it hit big. So I was like, I had the trading cards, I had the Game Boy game, and I had the the cartoon. <laughs> Number seven is just interactive format. Yeah, Literally, interactive all format, games bro. are interactive. <laughs> There's not. <laughs> that's what a game is. Otherwise, it's a movie, dog. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, I've never particularly cared for Pokemon, so you're not like I, I've I never even really tried it or anything. Like I just mm-hmm. don't care. So. Um. Yeah, just like I obviously liked it when I was a kid, and you. You probably know, like, I love all the same shit that I've loved my whole life, except for that. When uh, Pokemon Go came out, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But I didn't play it. And then for some reason, I just t- I turned over a new leaf and I thought, oh, wow. I think I hate it now. You just turned over <laughs> Actually, what? that's not true. That's not, I turned new, over a new leaf. A new leaf? A new leaf. That's mm. Animal Crossing. Um, Number six was just crowdfunding. Like, one of the top ten reasons we're gamers is to be able to have to like crowdsource video games. Yeah. Um I stopped watching after the convention one. Oh no. A blockbuster or two blockbusters. Uh, if you have this thing on mute it just looks like a really weird like sizzle trailer from E3 or something. Like that's what this thing looks like. It's not good. Number 5, the social aspect. <laughs> Excuse oh, me. Oh sick. This <laughs> <laughs> what's what's called gaming with friends, Chris. You're just going to game with a yeah. friend. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna be a friend underscore gamer. Hell yeah! Not a not a not a gamer underscore hater. I don't really know. Hey, um, this is just all like promotional videos that these guys chopped up into like a presentation. Yeah, everything about that is is not good. That's why I just thought you know. Let me find. I, I typed in "I love gaming" into YouTube. This is what I got. Number four is just alone or together get your co-op going and Good. like that's the only two ways you can play video games is alone, alone or with or someone else that's the two yeah. ways that you can do that and i haven't seen a single dark souls video in this entire montage and i'm really upset about it hey it's what was the what was the thing going around about monster hunter um what was it plus dark souls uh i don't know i don't know might have been Destiny plus Dark Souls. I don't know. Number three I hate the is internet. just ma- multi-platform. We like video games. Multi-platform, bro. Because they can just be on different places. Is that what bro. they're saying? Bro, of bro. course that's what they're saying. Bro. Bro. Bro, please. Bro. Bro. My bro. Just listen. Just listen to the words that you're saying, bro, and just like realize, bro. 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 For real. Bro, please. Bro. <laughs> so angry at this video i hate the fact that i'm watching it and maybe like generating yeah. income for this person yeah we just helped this guy out um he number seems two, like he's the type of person who he's two, the only oh genre variety <laughs> genre variety you don't yeah. get that anywhere else that's and no other games no other medium kind of media. do they have because yeah. all books are just books have you but, ever read a book with, they're they're all the same thing they're they all just books and then you read them for a while and they end exactly they end. the same way in the books but like gaming is different because you could be there could be fps there mm-hmm. could be um 
third person FPS. There could be there could be um, scary. They could be scary. They could be team based FPS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really. I know that there's others, but like that's just sort of what I'm into, and I like a lot of genres. Number one is just the ever evolving format. That's not a. That's not even a. What are you talking about? That's not a thing. Mm-hmm. This isn't. This doesn't. What is this video, Chris? I hate. It's that really you good. It to me. I told you. What What did I write underneath that? Let me see. When I sent it to you. Uh, thankfully, I found the worst video. Yeah, there we go. See, I'm never ready to record before you are, so I had a lot of time on my head to do nothing. One year ago, a comment. Top 10 reasons I love video games. Are you ready? <clears throat> this is the mm-hmm. comment. Can I read you the top 10? Yeah, hit me with it. Uh, I- I'm going to do this in an untraditional way. I'm going to start with number one. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so, number one, fun. Uh-huh. Number two, fun. What? Get out. Three, fun. Four, fun. What? Five, fun. Six, fun. Seven, fun. Eight, fun. Nine, fun. Fun? And ten, Chris, you're not going to believe this. Is it? Educational. Is... What? <laughs> they had me going there. They had you running. That's just a gamer joke. That's, That's just, just a good gamers gamer have, joke. Gamers yeah. have good humor. They really do. When's the last time you watched you played a video game and didn't laugh? Am I right? Yeah, I don't know. Remember yesterday morning when I texted you and I was like, "Hey, I think I just ruined my day by playing Dark Souls. What's up with you? <laughs> What's going on?" Just, I didn't yeah, like because Jess was Jess was still half asleep. I was like, "I can't complain to her about this. I need to text her." <laughs> I just hate that place so much. Uh, video games are my escape from reality. Not because mm-hmm. reality sucks or something like that, but mainly because video games takes you into their world or universe. You end up spending countless hours playing that game. It's either you're yeah. fascinated or enjoying. Oh, I know. You're either fascinated or enjoying. <laughs> it doesn't Ugh. matter. Video games are revolutionary in that aspect, and it will continue to do that for a very long time. The comments and <sighs> like I, I feel like this is how we lost the election in 2016. Like, I feel like exactly. it's, it's these, these are the comments that started us to a path where we have Trump as a president. This is, this was the doubt. It was YouTube. Com- I mean, honestly, I'm saying it was a joke, but like feels actually true. Uh, wow. This one's kind of dark. I love video games because without them, I would have jumped off a bridge a long time ago. Damn. But instead he's just here, you know, voting in the election. That's super dark. Uh, Agadine nine six seven, chill out maybe a little bit if you or yeah. you know, call somebody you have you have people call to care somebody. for you, just fucking relax, bro. Just hey, keep game on, gamer. Ah, uh, uh, from Yo Anto, uh, bah, ten reasons, STFU. I just love playing video games. <laughs> he doesn't need ten reasons, Chris. He only has one. He doesn't reason. need. He just I don't need ten reasons, games. bro. I got a big, I got a big reason right here, and then he sticks up his middle finger. There's your reason. Uh, one year ago, from Lone Wolf, why we love video games, dude? Because it's Bro. fun, and you could probably never get away with the stuff you could do in the game in real life. Seriously, oh, I know, bro. This could have been a 10 second video. <laughs> to be a 10 second video demonstrating why you can run over people in grand theft auto but you, you probably emphasis on the probably can never get away with that in the real world he's good everyone's just in the comments ribbing this dude uh-oh chris we have we have somebody reaching out through the internet what's up uh my mom hates me 
Because oh. I spent a lot of time on my new PC. Same, bro. Oh. Although I train about 16 to 20 hours a week of cycling. Same, same, same. Same, same, same. Uh, for, for a team. He's not just doing it for solo. For te- he's not just yeah. doing it for like no reason. He has, uh, I have a part-time job, and I'm a graduated airplane mechanic. She what? still bugs me. That's with two Gs. She still bugs me about me playing too much. What, yeah, well. What can I do? I even you're fucking- thought about selling my PC frowny face help what are we gonna do bro you got a you got a part-time job you're in a fucking cycling team and you're a, apparently an airplane engineer or some shit um why are you still letting your mom tell you what to do you sound like you're 30 definitely, but you're acting like you're 10 definitely gonna switch to the monster of the week um quit youtube cl- yeah and quit clogging I'm, up the fucking internet with all your porn hub bro not I'm you going to, i'm talking uh, about the commenter com- i'm gonna reply to this young man what are you gonna say? I'm just gonna say I hope it. I hope his him and his mom came together, and maybe they should probably try some co op games. Yeah. Oh, great idea. That's oh, good idea. Hold on. <laughs> uh, nothing's fine. I'm torn. Hey, Renato, Moo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been reading about your troubles, <laughs> and I'm concerned. I hope that you and your mother can overcome this difficulty. <laughs> and then he's going to go to our YouTube channel and see the three weird videos that we have. <laughs> and learn to love one another. Maybe you should try playing some co-op games. Um... What's a good co-op game? Like a good introductory game for for Renato Mu and his Rocket mom. League. Oh yeah, like no, Rocket that's not. League. Is that co-op? Like I Rocket don't know. League. Well, yeah, you could be on the same team. Um, yeah, and I think you can do split screen right there. So that's pretty good. Okay. Okay. But we need another suggestion in case she doesn't like cars, because um, she seems like Divinity, Divinity Original Sin. <laughs> Divinity Original Sin. <laughs> I've heard both are great. Love monster of the week. <sighs> Very good. Very wholesome. P.S. Um, sorry about all that cycling. <laughs> it seems like a lot. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. Cool. I think that's a good that's a good comment. That's a good comment. Jeez, this is this is actually some pretty good this is some pretty good stuff. I love to be challenged. Video games can challenge you in a way that no other medium can. And for me, challenge enhances every aspect of a game. I believe that challenge is so important to games that you can have the best mechanics and controls in the world. But if the challenge isn't there to push those mechanics to their limit, then it's all a waste. Challenges, and I didn't even know you could do this. He he put essential in bold in this YouTube comment. I did not. Wow. You, I did not know you could do that on YouTube. Challenge is essential to gameplay. It is the single aspect of a game that places responsibility on the player and therefore gives you agency. And it can be also added drama. No wait, that doesn't make. Oh, and it can also add drama and tell a story. Oh God, this is long. Uh, through gameplay, such as, quote, if I take one more hit, I will die and be kicked to the start of the game. But if I manage to hit this boss first, he will die and I will succeed. 
end quote. It's these kinds of moments of drama through gameplay that I live for. And you can only have this in a challenging game. For me, whether a game is challenged or not determines whether it is whether it is engaging or not. Because an easy game is usually extremely passive in the way that it doesn't give me enough things to think about <laughs> to become immersed in it. I know that the story for a lot of people is the glue that holds a game together. But for me, my glue is the challenge. This guy's really cool. Ooh. Have you th- have you thought about getting him on the show? Hey, uh, hi Swinny. <laughs> We're just gonna <laughs> hi Swinny UK. Uh, that sounds really cool. I've been reading. I've cool. been reading your thoughts about <laughs> challenge and video games. <laughs> I misspelled video games. That's not cool. Are you one word or two word video games? Which, which where do you fall? I'm two because because spell correct or whatever spell check. Yeah. Um. And I think they're cool. <laughs> Have you ever played <laughs> challenging games? like dark souls or the witcher three on is there like a nightmare difficulty on the witcher three or is it yeah it's like um uh, death march or something on death march difficulty to me these games (laughs) add the essential I'm not going to bold it because I don't know how to do that. Uh, <laughs> challenge that is necessary to the gameplay that makes a good game great and a bad game good <laughs> and a great game <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Reply. I'm so glad we're doing good stuff with this YouTube account that we have, Chris. This is really fun. Um, uh, let's see. Nico, things gamers hate. Overpriced DLC, Activision. Yearly, yearly releases, Ubisoft. Expansion packs, specifically EA packs. Wow, he's naming names. Nico is. I'm trying to find where you wrote these comments. I'm in the video. <laughs> I'll just scroll down. You'll see them. I love making my story in the games. Leveling up after a grueling battle is a high. Finally getting a puzzle that was thought to be hard and like a book to the games. Just take you away from your troubles and it can be a stress relief. Heather, learn to punctuate your sentences. <laughs> You're not doing well. You're unclear. I'm reading your comments now. <laughs> You thought I was joking, right? No, I thought I knew you were serious, but it's just it's just funny you're reading it and knowing it's real. It's, like people are gonna think that you're just some sort of really sincere weirdo. Blaze Kato just said trolling is life. Said to you? No, no, this is just a comment on this video. I'm still Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I've never even pressed that share button on my PS4. People actually use that shit? Lol. Hey, Jonathan. Just comment and say, hey, Jonathan, lol. I've been been reading your thoughts about the share button. (laughs) I think they're interesting. That's all. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's, that's it that's it. i just i just i think they're interesting that's it 
Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> This is a this is a fun little time. Uh oh, we should do a podcast. <laughs> oh wait, we got something from uh, D Pond th- that just says gaming is dying, and there are fifteen oh, replies oh. to that. What? Uh, not gaming. Knock is nice bait mate. Uh, Dolan, I rate straight eight of eight. Great mate, not too late. <laughs> this just went to this went a direction I was not expecting. <laughs> Uh, a hardcore heel says it's growing. Uh, Harry Reese says, and so are you. <laughs> uh, our friend Sweeney UK says, I agree. They're turning into quote interactive narratives. Oh, that's Sweeney UK. That's the guy that you were. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. That's you were commenting him already. Um, oh, this Ke- Sweeney UK and Kevin get into it. They get into like an extended conversation. Uh, at Kevin, I'm happy for you, and I'm not being sarcastic at all. It just sucks for those of us who like real games. I mean, the more and more accessible games get, the less game-like they become, in my opinion. I love stories in game. Just not when it comes at the price of severely gimped gameplay, such as the new God of War, for example. This was one year ago, so I cannot not imagine what new God of War they're talking about, by the way. Like, what? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they're literally downgrading the gameplay of the game of, of God of War franchise in order to st- tell a story. So, because of this, narrative... Oh, read more. <laughs> oh, wow. This was, this was hidden below the thing. Uh, so, because of this, narrative games are cancer, and they yeah, are wow. demonstrably killing games, in my opinion. Wow. Uh, this, is, this has been a journey. Not a single one of my YouTube videos that I poured <clears throat> hours of work into, um, and then some, in case, some cases, like minutes of work into, have never gotten this many comments. This person has a million subscribers. Think about that. Wait, are you serious? Mm-hmm. They have 1.1 million subscribers, Chris. Yeah, what we're just this? a fucking drop in the barrel, bro. This was just a... Oh, my God. Yep. That's real. That's real life. I was actually going to include this link to this video in the show notes so that somebody could go and like see that we left these comments on this video. But... <laughs> Now I'm not going to because fuck these guys. <laughs> 1.1 million subscribers. Yeah, get real. Get real gamers. All right gamers, let's start this podcast because I'm on, I'm in a real good mood now. <laughs> You're having a great day. I am definitely recording. Hopefully I got all of that gold from earlier. Oof. Yeah, that was some good shit. Some quality, <clears throat> some quality outtake business. That was some wholesome trolling. <laughs> Just hey, hey guys. Uh, how I are read you? what you said. And <laughs> I've been reading your opinions, and I just want to let you know somebody's feeling very validated right now. Like, yeah, this guy gets it. <laughs> Thank you, Monster of the Week podcast. <laughs> let me <laughs> let me click on this video. I love Dean Winchester. And then they're gonna get here in a couple months when they start listening, and they're gonna go, oh. Uh, speaking of, I thought we had a new review that I forgot. I switched to review services that I was using, so I don't get those emails Ooh. anymore. Ooh. Um, let me let me go. I haven't checked in a while. I used to check all the time. Oh no, it, it's it's been a little bit. But then I just got jaded. Um, 
Yeah, the last one, I think. I think this is, I'm pretty sure this is Brandy. For such a long-running show with a large fan base, there are shockingly few supernatural, few great supernatural podcasts. Luckily, Monster of the Week exists to fill this void. Thank you. Thank you so much. My favorite one still is, my name is Eric Kripke, and I approve this podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you, thank you, Nico8470 on <laughs> iTunes. We love you. It's very good. We also have a review on Stitcher that I just noticed for the first time. Wow, wow, wow. From seven months ago. Interesting. Uh, this show is fantastic. Without a doubt, it's one of my favorites. They're funny, insightful, and really love love the show, which makes for some seriously entertaining content. Oh, I didn't even see who this was by. This is our friend Audrey. <laughs> so, oh. yeah, from uh, our season two feedback episode, season three, maybe three, three, because Joan three. was the first. I always forget that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. So speaking of anger, my Dark Souls two story was it Shrine of a Mana? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The anime um, shrine is what a lot of the people anime shrine. I lo- the beautiful place. Hate mm-hmm. it. And the reason I hated it is because it just takes so long. For me to do it right means I got to pull things. I got to take my time. And I'm not a very patient underscore gamer. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you like to get in the mix. You like to get in the fight. Yeah. I like to get in the fight. I like to be doing things. So I can take my time once when I do it. And then I can't do it again. While, like, unless I turn the game off and come back later. So that's what I, when I got really bad. I texted you. was because I spent so long clearing everything. And then somebody came up behind me and killed me. And I didn't realize they were there. Um, and I was like, well, fuck. I still, I really hate this fucking place, and I couldn't, I couldn't play it anymore because I was like, well, if I keep playing, I'm just going to be mad and let it ruin my day because that's just who I am, you know. I'm a grumpy person, but I came back later and I took my time and I beat it, and then I just beat the rest of the game. Jess was like, "Keep going, beat the game." Good job, good job. Did you go through all the DLC, or were you just doing the main line? No, I didn't do the DLC. I was planning on it, but now I don't know if I want to play Dark Souls Two anymore, so I might not do it again. I might though. I might. The only problem is because you haven't beaten the DLC, you haven't beaten the true boss, which is Aldia. Is he? Does he come back again after you do the three uh, crown things? Mm-hmm. He will. Yeah. Uh, he will spawn after Nishandra. No, he does anyway. Even if you don't do it. Oh, really? I thought. Yeah. That, I thought you had to have d- completed the DLC to do that. No, he talk. He sure does talk about the DLC a lot. He's like, "Oh, the, the crowns." He's and I'm like, "I don't know. I didn't do it yet." So whatever, bro. You just fight him. Yeah. That's one of my favorite Dark Souls moments of all time. When you like go up to a bonfire and then like yeah. tiny precious Chibi Aldia pops out and you're like and knocks <laughs> you over. It's so fucking delightful. Like it's, it's and Aldia has some of the best fucking vo- voice work that I if mm-hmm. across all of the Souls games. It's like. Aldia, it's from Dark Souls 2, it's um, Osiris, or Cyrus, Ocelot, from... Ocelot, yeah, from 3. From Dark Souls 3, and it's um, Ludwig from Bloodborne. Those are my, so those I'm, are my, those are my, my, my winners for voice work. I'm kind of excited to play Dark Souls 3 again, because I rushed through it the first time around, and I did, um, I did all the optional content at the time, started a new game plus, and then when the DLC came out, I got up to the first DLC, um, like where I needed to be. I went into it and I realized like, oh, I'm a new game plus and I'm like way too low level for this shit. And then I just stopped playing the game. And that was it. So I'm excited to to start it again and like take a second look at that game because I don't really know what I think about it. Dark Souls 2, I played two or three times. I think twice. I think I just beat it twice for the regular Souls. Um, and then Scholar, I went through twice. I'm not, I guess I'm not much for new game plus. Except for the first game where I did like eleven new game pluses. Um, <laughs> I'm a, so yeah, whatever. I'm excited. I've been thinking about Dark Souls three a lot lately, 
um, because I found myself on like the last couple of recordings of Don't Give Up Skeleton kind of just uh, offhandedly bashing it when I didn't mean mm-hmm. to. Like it just being kind of shitty towards it in a way that like makes me think that my brain thinks it's a really funny joke to in a real easy joke like it's a real easy point to score mm-hmm, basically mm-hmm. so i've been thinking a lot about dark souls 3 and how i should probably go back to it i, f- I have a feeling that it, now that i've had some distance from it that if i go back into it without the expectation of of it being a, a giant dark souls game and mm-hmm. already knowing that the the lore isn't going to really do it for me that maybe at that point i could focus on the gameplay and probably get more enjoyment out of it yeah uh, so i'm, I'm thinking i've actually been thinking i've been tempted to start a new playthrough um we should do that we should do that tonight like we should finish this and then we should jump on dark souls 3 and we should start streaming and we should play dark souls 3 just stream, together. Just stream it up yeah i mean i'm willing to do that i don't know how to stream but i'll do it well i'll, I'll i can stream on my side and i'll and we can get you know that way you, you don't have to worry about that side and then um we can just be in like the party chat together and, and chatting well 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 just a couple of gamers. Just a couple of just a couple of streaming underscore gamers. Just a couple of Twitch gamers, Chris. That's how that's what we're. Whoa, calling. we're Twitch gamers now. Twitch.tv slash Twitch underscore gamers. That's my. That's our. That's our URL. If anybody wants yes. to hit that. Monster of the Twitch. Monster of the Twitch. That's a bad name. Not, it's actually a decent <laughs> name. I like that. <laughs> okay, now let's do our supernatural podcast. Are you sure? Yes, yeah, so, because then it won't be late when I finish and I can go create a character. <laughs> Are you really going to play Dark Souls 3 tonight? I might. Um, I did install it last night, so we'll see. Um, I me, I forgot me and Patty went through this period where we were trying to come up with like goofy Solaire um, knockoffs. Mm-hmm. And he had a really good one, but I can't remember what it was. Mine's, mine was Crowlair, and I made this man look like a crow. And I, and Excellent. I, made his uh like jaw and nose come out in a big old point and you had black hair and just like just jet black skin and he wore all black it was great and i played i beat the first boss with him and i thought this was dumb what am i doing my um my it might actually still be i had a i set up a fake facebook account when i first got my ps4 (laughs) so i could like upload pictures to my facebook without like spamming all my friends with it and I want to say that my profile picture was like fro layer. It was that solar picture with the giant fro. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if you've ever yeah. seen that. Yeah. Actually- That's some good souls content. That's for challenging gamers. <laughs> Look, I am not, like video games don't <laughs> exist unless they're challenging. Right. That's true. I basically like, it's like, I can't heal. I need a bigger hit. You know, I can play one challenging game for two hours or I have to play um, a non challenging game for like five hours to even get the same effect. Oh man, I just opened up my um, fake Facebook profile, and all it is is just a series of near photo. I'm just like uploaded <laughs> so much near shit. This is so great. I don't actually see the photo I'm looking for. So, oh well, for shame. As as the Twitch gamers say, rust in pepperonis. Am I right? Rust in pepperonis. Rustin yeah, pepperonis. I know. You've seen that. I'm a Twitch gamer. I know. The only thing I've ever watched on Twitch, or the only like stream I've ever watched, is you playing uh, Neo. Of course. Yeah, I remember that. I created an account for that. Did I ever show you the... Um, I was going to make a luck build in Dark Souls 3? Did I ever show you my luck build picture? I don't I don't think so. I'm going to upload that. Because I wanted to make it uh, Lucky Louie. So I tried to my desk, my desk to approximate Louis CK. Oof. It's in the um, podcast notes. 
Oh my god, it's really, really accurate. <laughs> <laughs> this was before all of the uh, sexual harassment allegations hit, so like it wasn't. Of course, <laughs> I just want to. I just want to mention that. But I thought I did a pretty. It's the only. Accurate. It's the only time none of these things have worked for me. Wow. I found out um, this morning. So Autumn was gone all weekend. Uh, she left Friday night, and she was. Um, she has she's a part of like a like a the louisiana equine association committee now like she she got elected to be on it or whatever damn exactly she's an elected official she's an elected official so they were throwing like their first like event this weekend and so they had this um olympic rider come in and uh for these for this like clinic for this training clinic and Mm -hmm. so she left friday night she had to go pick this dude up from the airport and like chauffeur him around and to his hotel and then like like hang out and like admin this shit all weekend. So she was gone all weekend. So I was, I was, I was alone underscore gamer all weekend yeah, doing yeah. nothing but falling asleep while playing monster hunter world. <laughs> um, but she came home Sunday. So we, we met up for lunch and we hung out and we had a good time. Like we came home and, and, and chilled or whatever. And then, uh, she told me this morning, she's like, Oh yeah, by the way, I have to leave. So I'll be back on Thursday. <laughs> so oh. she, she left the t- just now and is, not going to be back until thursday which is what the fuck i know what the frick autumn hang out with jeremy jeez i know i know which i mean like i'm recording a podcast so it's not like yeah i mean i see jess like once a month so like who who am i to talk you guys were having fun though you guys have fun this weekend making up making up fun harry potter names for for drain lake oh yeah that's right it looks like fucking hogwarts man it looks a lot like hogwarts i wish i had remembered that um because that, that was my episode of Bonfireside Chat for Dark Souls 2, was during Lake Castle. Oh. So. It's a pretty sweet castle, I guess. I mean, if you like castles. There was a, which, which I do. Which you do. <laughs> There's a really fun moment in that podcast um, where uh, me and Gary were... like, No, it was Cole that started this out. And he was like, yeah, the one thing I don't really like about this area is that the sky is just pitch black. There's just not... You know, it just doesn't look very good. And me and Gary were like what are you talking about? And he's like, no, no, it's just, it's absolutely pitch black. I was like, Oh, that's, that's weird. And neither one of us really picked up on it. Cause I was like, man, that's really bizarre. But apparently there, he just had some sort of bug in his game that made this oh, no. pitch black. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I was thinking the whole time, like that doesn't sound right, but like, I'm not going to argue with the man on his own podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't suck like that. Cole. <laughs> what the frick Cole? Jesus Christ. Get it together. Podcast underscore gamer. I need a break from this podcast because I can't deal with this right now. Man, all all I want to do now is go play go play near. That's all I've really been thinking about. We can go game if we do our podcast about uh, supernatural. I'm uh, I'm good to go. Providence, Rhode Island. Our boys are reading books. Excellent. Good job. You did, you did well. Then they find out these aren't just books. These are those are video games. The only these. interactive material out there. And they're challenging too. <laughs> Seriously, why haven't we had a supernatural video game? Like what is like what do it's, you think the like I know it's hard and like I know it's probably like not a huge draw because they're probably looking at the metrics and seeing like, oh no, mostly women watch Supernatural and women don't play video games or, or it's whatever. It's changing, man. 2018, bro. It, I mean, that's that's been a lie for like the last 15 years. Girls but. are going to, I'm telling you, girls are going to start liking video games in 2018. <laughs> 
look, they, we just have to make them easy and pink. That's all. That's what we have to do to, right? get, to get women into video games. So we have to cater to their needs. Um, we're just kidding. I'm, yeah, we're, we're obviously we're just kidding on that one. Um, I, I literally interviewed two women about their experiences playing Dark Souls this weekend. Like, <laughs> did they like it? Yeah, absolutely. Ah, see, I'm telling you, 2018 girls love gaming. Yeah, get them, get that out. Oh, okay, I got my tea. I'm ready. Let's do it. I can't believe I've been I've been up here for what? How long? I've been up here for quite a while. I've been just no in idea. this chair. Let's see. Let's see. What did I text you? Five. Okay, so I've been up here for an hour and ten. Let's rock it up. Let's just do Let's this. Let's do it. All right. <laughs>